This episode is sponsored by Enriched Superfoods. Enriched is my go-to store for the most powerful, most pure superfoods on the plain et. They've got all the good stuff from maca to matcha, from shilajit to powdered greens. But you know what I love the most? I love the mushrooms. Now I know what most of you are thinking, get on with the show, right? But I know what else you're thinking. You're thinking, how can I get better at strangling people? Us jiu-jitsu guys, we're all the same. We want to be better, we want to be badder. Well, being better requires two things, learning more stuff and being able to execute more stuff. And Enriched has got you covered with what I'm calling the White Basement Jiu-Jitsu Super Stack. First is Lion's Mane Mushroom to supercharge memory, focus and clarity and even better, give a neurotrophic boost literally helping you grow new jiu-jitsu brain cells. Now, a jiu-jitsu super brain is all well and good, but if you can't execute on the mat, then it don't mean jack. That's why the second half of the super stack is the legendary Cordyceps CS4 mushroom extract, scientifically proven to offer heroic levels of stamina and energy, as well as improved lung function, actually helping you breathe better while you stop other people from breathing at all. Go to enriched.co, that's E-N-R-I-C-H-D.co, and use the promo code WHITEBASEMENTPOD for a 10% discount across the whole site. Want to get more taps in more rounds and more respect from more people? Then get super stacked. Go to enriched.co and use the promo code WHITEBASEMENTPOD. I stopped working uh teaching for zr uh just be- kind of a few months before lockdown because it was too difficult to i was i was just exhausted i was burning myself out basically you know working in two different areas of london trying to train as well trying to lift weight it was just i was i was basically i was doing too much anyway so it wasn't really my fault it wasn't like i was i was i was being i was being worked like a dog do you know what i mean it was it was it was, it was easy but i was making it more difficult than it had to be uh and then, and then lockdown happened, and it was like the other place was like, oh, "I just don't need you anymore." So I was like, "Wow, that's interesting." Yeah, I'm in a position where I can just be discarded like that. Yeah, hmm, I don't want that to happen again. Yeah, so after that, I said, "I'm never going to work for anyone else ever again." Yeah, I'll work with people, but I'm never going to have a boss ever again. I'll always work for myself. Yeah, and uh, do things my way, and that's that's. Uh, Best decision I ever made. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the White Basement Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at White Basement Pod. Today I'm joined by Jack Cronin. Um, he's a BJJ black belt and owner of 33 Jiu Jitsu in Hornsey, London. Critical thinker, a free mind, and a force of nature. Jack, welcome to the podcast. Mate, thanks for having me. It's, it's genuinely it's great to be here, you know. It is, it is, it is. Yeah, so, so um, yeah, interesting, right? I mean, we've we've never met. We've been sort of, you know, social media floated in and out. Yeah. And I was just saying, you know, before we started recording, um, that I used to see all your posts on Facebook and then you kind of disappeared off Facebook and I stopped using Facebook. And then uh, Smith, who I train with, uh, said to me whenever it was, you know who you should get onto the podcast? You should, do you remember Jack? And I was like, oh yeah, Jack, Jack, I'll, I'll, I'll find him. And I, and I said, oh, but he's gone off Facebook. And he said, no, he's on Instagram. So I was like, cool, let me find him. And then I 
messaged you and then what, what did you say to me? Well, literally, um, I was sitting around and I thought to myself, you know, I've got quite a few things to say about training in jiu-jitsu. I need to do another podcast. And the next day you messaged me. Amazing. Yeah. So the, the, the law of attraction, the synchronicity of the universe. There you go. When you're on, uh, when you're on the right path, things just unfold for you right when you're in the wrong path it's always a, a fight i think so yeah I so it kind of so. if you yeah. if you if you listen to it that way it guides you yeah you, you know you take you take the feedback yeah which which actually maybe that's a that's a nice sort of segue into the jujitsu is I, I i find that that's one of the the things that i really enjoy about training is because of the rolling is the constant feedback mm. you know so you you'll learn something or you watch something or you think, oh, I'm going to try this technique, someone shows you whatever, you do it, it doesn't work. Mm. And then you've got to figure out, uh, what am I doing wrong? Because when it was yeah. done on me, yeah. I, I went flying, right? Yeah. But I tried to do it, I keep getting squashed or flattened or swept or whatever. Yeah. And you've got that kind of uh, constant feedback all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, being able to apply that to, to life mm. is an art. Yeah. So maybe run through a little bit of your training history and how you got up to, to where you are now. Well, all right. Originally, I started uh, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu when I was 10. How yeah. old are you now? Do you disclose your age? 30, 31 now. Okay, 20 years, so 31 years. I was 10 years old and uh, did that till I was, uh, I did that till I was uh, 16. 15, 16, I did that. I got a junior black belt in that. But the, the the part of it I liked that we didn't actually get to do a lot of was the sparring. You know, it was it's Japanese jiu-jitsu, you don't really spar, you just, just like technique demonstration. I just wanted to spar. Kept seeing Gracie jiu-jitsu, Gracie, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So, you know, I, I started watching some videos from YouTube, kind of was just first coming out around that time, 2007, 2008 kind of thing-ish. And the sparring, you know, so I was like, okay, all right, this 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 looks different. Um, so then I went. When I was sixteen. I used to get the train down to Moorgate, uh, Liverpool Street, East London, once a week on a Saturday, and train at London Fire Factory. So that's where I started. Um, and uh, Lewis uh, Mancinia there. We had uh, Tiago Borges, Eduardo. Um, Azevedo, I don't even know if that, that's like his that second name or it's a brilliant nickname or whatever, but uh, Rodrigo Cabral, um, Henderson, uh, or Henderson uh, Pavel, I'm probably making like a terrible pronunciation of the names, you know what I mean? Uh, so my first instructors were, were Brazilians, yeah? Um, and, and I trained, I was, there for, I was there for about four years, got my blue belt after about a year. Um, and then after that, I went to Mill Hill uh, with obviously Nick, Book, Nick Brooks, rest in peace. Um, I was there for four, I think I was there for four years as well, four or five years there. And then after that, I kind of, uh, I kind of just drifted and did my own thing. And uh, I was, uh, I was, I was brown belt. And I started doing my own thing. Uh, well, I mean, I was associated with ZR team, but I still wasn't hardcore. I just I'd come in, do my own thing, and then disappear. 
little no? bit uh, exactly. Creante, right? As they well, used to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I just uh, I think people don't don't really. It's not really a criticism anymore. I'm, I'm it's not, almost like yeah. A, I'm not really the kind of person that uh, it's taken me a while to realise this. That needs to be in a group. I'm very happy to do my own thing and keep my circle very small. I'm happy with that, you know. So um, around brown belt time, that's when I started thinking to myself, you know, I like jujitsu, I enjoy it, but I'm kind of bit done with, you know, being a student. Really, I need to start to actually think about this and break it down for myself and really. Um, Try and develop a, a deeper understanding of you know what am I actually doing? Am I imitating, or, I, or do I actually understand what I'm doing? And that's where that's where things started to change a little bit, you know. So, so that would have been so. When when did you come away from training regularly at Mill Hill? Gosh, that was probably uh, 2016, 2017. Okay, and then yeah, and then s- yeah. So then you would have had like five kind of years of training here and now. Yeah, so after I was I was actually working uh after that at London Shoot Fighters East and um and Gracie Baja Chesant. These were oh, two okay. two places that I just split my time between. I was working there. So I did a bit of training at, at both of those. Then lockdown happened. Um so, so did you did you manage to find somewhere to train, or all your training places kind of closed up? Oh, everywhere, everywhere closed. So I just put mats down in the house, and I just invite all throughout lockdown. I never stopped. Yeah, I was just inviting people around to the house and and training. I bought I bought a home gym, you know, about two grand. Well, so it was about two grand worth of weights equipment, you know, um, barbell about about 160 kilos worth of uh, plates to attach to, uh, you know, adjustable dumbbells. With a, no, about 200 kilos on the big plates. Uh, and adjustable dumbbells could get up to 60 kilos on each. So more than enough weight, you know, so to do free weight basics at home. Um, but I mean, yeah, so like I said, it was about two grand, but I mean, the prices were massively inflated because everyone was doing the same thing. Um, so yes, yeah, so, so throughout lockdown, but that's actually when I decided that I was done with the with the gi. Yeah. So was it yeah. when was when did you do you say twenty twenty you stopped training? Yes. Gi? Yeah. I think my last gi competition was, I think it was twenty nineteen, and that was the IBJJF British Nationals. Yeah. And I, and my fingers, like, see, like, well, I don't know, like, yeah. my fingers are just mashed up. So it got to the point where just from gripping, just from gripping. Well. Yeah, I mean, just being stubborn and a bit younger and a bit... Uh, right, right. So from not wanting to relinquish yeah, grips. Yeah, I mean, right. like, hanging on to a grip for dear life when you should let go. The guy pulls back, doing what he's meant to do, yeah. and your finger just goes with it. Yeah. When really I should have just let go. I didn't have any structure in place anyway and set up a proper grip. Yeah. Uh, so that happened a few times because a bit of a slow learner. Learn uh, <laughs> <laughs> by experience, right? <laughs> Fuck that, huh? Oh, mate. Um... <laughs> So we got to the point where I couldn't even reach up and grab the lapel because it, the, you know, the grip was just so weak and compromised yeah. that I ended up having to grab the bottom of the lapel and start playing a, a, a low wrap game Okay. because the hand was protected. But then I ended up just not really being able to do what I wanted to do. You know, like you want to just pull someone's head down. Yeah. You can't pull the head down. Yeah. So you end up grabbing the bottom of the gi, but that's nowhere near as... as 
effective, arguably, as just grabbing the top of the game and just pulling the head down simply. Yeah. So I just started to not really enjoy it anymore. Like, I'm having to make all these adaptations. I can't just do what I want to do. I'm training and competing with one hand. I'm going through, you know, multiple, ro- just one big roll of tape just to get through a training session. Really? And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do no gi. And I'm going to see, because it's easier on hands, I'm going to see where this goes. And, you know, after after a while of doing, you know, a bit of both, I fully decided that no, you know what I'm just going to stick to no gear. I've done. I've taken. I've, I've taken the gear as far as I can feel that I can actually take it. You know, so no gear time. So do do you think you would ever go back to gear, or are you really just happy nah. doing no gear? Happy doing no gear. Um, I think it's got to the point now where you kind of, unless you're blessed to be in one of the best places in the world, you you're going to need to pick one or the other. They're kind of different. Discipline. They're becoming right? so people, different. People kind of call they it really like are. no gi jiu jitsu, yeah. but it's not really, is it? It's kind of no gi grappling and Brazilian jiu jitsu with they, that IBJJF yeah, type. Exactly. Of they're, they're becoming they're becoming so different to the point where in a few years I could see it just being like judo and wrestling. Yeah. You know, even yeah. if you even if you put double legs back into judo, yeah, like. The gripping sequences would be different. You couldn't just train wrestling and rock up to a judo competition and yeah, and smash everyone and vice yeah. versa. And then that will—that's what it will become like in 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 jujitsu, grappling, whatever you want to call it. You know. Yeah, and I mean, no gi does. You know, jujitsu as a whole and grappling as a whole, but particularly jujitsu. I mean, it's on a massive upward trajectory, right? It's becoming more and more understood and widespread mm. and more people training and you know more more people kind of are aware of it even if they don't train but but i think probably over the next 10 years no gi will, will become the dominant kind of art i think so i think at the moment you know they kind of still sort of level because i think a lot of people when they're beginners they come to gi right because yeah. you kind of you those videos are still there right it's the majority of places one. yeah are doing gi Right, exactly, because they trained in the gi. Like They're back in the day, it was just gi. like, we do we do gi, and then on Fridays, I just take your gi jacket off and we'll do some no gi. Yeah. But there's a difference. There's a there's a really important difference between doing gi and then taking your gi off and and trying to adapt grips to no gi, i.e. I'm going off a collar and sleeve in a gi, but we're going to do no gi now, so I'm just going to grab your wrist and your and your neck. Now, that seems like the most logical adaptation, right? It's just gone from that to that. But it's, it's, that doesn't work. Yeah. You know, the, the gripping patterns are all, they're all different. Gables, underhooks, overhooks, double unders, double overs. So it's, it's Yeah. I mean, I, I, I train pretty much only with a gi. Um, and I, I kind of like the gi because it slows everything down because of the grips, because of the lapels and all that stuff. Because I'm old, I'm light, I've got multiple injuries that, you know, come and go. I, I, I enjoy the pace and the dynamics of no gi occasionally when I do it. But I've, I have sort of always felt that right from the beginning, like this is just a different thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will do it just because it's like a really hot day and I'm training yeah. with someone and they say, should we just do no gi? It's boiling. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. fine. But, but I'm still kind of playing yeah, my gi game yeah. with none of the tools that I usually use. The thing is, <laughs> I, don't, I can't do if it. You do, if you try to play a gi game, no gi, it will be fast and it will be slippery because yes. you can't slow them down. That's right. Whereas if you use the patterns... The nogi patterns, 
you will be able to slow them down. Right. You know what I mean? When you get someone in a body lock pass, which I love, they can't move. Yes. They can't explode out of it. They can't, when it's done properly, they, they, they literally can't move. So Yeah, so, well, so, so I mean, I'd, I'd written a few questions down and, and, and one of them, I, I suppose then, broadly around the, around the gi, no gi, is do you think that um, if you're a beginner, you should do both? You should try both? You should sort of quickly try to move to one or the other. I mean, do you, say your first year, your first couple of years. Yeah. What, what do you think is the best way to approach it? I would say do what you enjoy. That's what, that's what so I would say. So just rock up to both classes and see rock what feels up, good. Might go to a no-gi only academy. Might go to a gi only academy. We might go to an academy that does both. Um, and just... You know, if the average person on the street grabs hold of you, whether you're doing gi or no gi, you know, let's just say a one-on-one situation, average, you know, crackhead grabs hold of you, yeah? You'll be okay, yeah? Judging, you know, hoping you don't get stabbed up. Yes. Yeah, just a random guy grabs hold of you. You'll be okay, gi or no gi. So just, just find what you, what, what, you, what you like to do, yeah? That's, that's, that's what I would say. The main thing is that, uh, is that you enjoy it. And because whether you're doing gi or no gi, uh, there are health benefits that come with it, you know. Yeah, and I, and I suppose one of the health benefits of nogi is that you can have the health benefits and have working fingers. And yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that. Dan, yeah, yeah. Even even Dan Strauss had, had said like, a number of times that one of the reasons why he prefers nogi is because he likes his fingers. It makes sense. And especially, I mean, like yeah. you, you're you're quite a physical specimen, same as Dan. When you when you got grips that are super strong when they get broken this is a problem it's a problem if your grip is rubbish it's, it's not quite so bad because yeah. there's not so much force you yeah. know in the, in the in the joints like gi is like i don't even feel comfortable speaking about because i just feel so out of the loop with gi because i've not done it in a few years but based on my experience everything's off of a grip whether that's uh, you know up on the lapel to down on the cuff of the of the leg, it's heavily grip based. Mm. So if you haven't got grip, you know that that that's that's really not good. You know, whereas nogi, um, overhooks and underhooks. Yeah, I mean, I think I think again because it's such a sort of a relatively speaking, it's such a new sport. It's kind of 20, 30 years it's been ubiquitous. Before that, it was you know a couple of guys here, top secret and over there. Mm. And I think probably um, no no gi originally was gi jiu-jitsu without the jacket. Yeah. That you know it, it yeah. was just literally that, and it's and it's kind of evolved over time to be something completely different. Definitely. Where there are now because um, because you know Nick used to kind of refer to Nick used to refer to no gi as slag pikey grappling. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Nick, right? But I think, you know, going 10 years or 15 years back, yeah. you know, what Nick used to basically say was, like, if you're good in the gi, you'll be good in no gi because all the all the sort of real tricky stuff you don't even have to worry about and you can just concentrate on, you know, knee cut pass or whatever. But I think now it's, definitely changed. it's become, you know, it's, yeah. it's just as technical, mm-hmm. if not more technical, because... The, the, the nice thing about the gi 
is that the jacket and the trousers, but you know, particularly the jacket or the belt or the lapels, or whatever, gives you all these anchor points. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, you need to worry about the orientation of the joint and the shoulder and the hips and whatever, but it doesn't have to be perfect because the gi will, will sort of strap you in place. Whereas if I want to hold on to you, you being probably 20 kilos heavier than me, in no gi, the positioning's got to be like spot on. Right? Yeah, it's like, I think they're both, I think they're both as technical as each other. I just think they're both too complete. It's like, what's more technical, judo or wrestling? They're, they're both just different different sports. Yes. Yeah. And they're, they're both as equally as technical at what they need to do. Yeah. Um, interesting thing with the gear is that if you can, because the gear is, is attached, uh, wraps around the body, you can control the front of somebody's body on the gear, but because it's attached to the back of their body, you control a back face grip. Whereas in no gear, you must use an overhook or an underhook to attach the back face of the body to have a, a back face grip. You can't hold anything on the front of the yes. body to attach to the back face. You know, so they're, they're just, it's, it's so interesting, really. I mean, like um, the depth. Or so both of them. When, when you were training gi, were you training predominantly gi or were you were mixing it up? Literally, it was like 90% gi. And so so how did that transition actually go and how long did it take <sighs> you to start to sort Mate, of feel... I was a brown belt and I started going to some no-gi open mats uh, probably around like 2017, 2018, around about then. I was a brown belt in a gi with not much no-gi experience. And I was struggling with blue belts who were doing mostly no gi. Like I wasn't able to finish. I was struggling, you know. So, you know, I mean, maybe a different a different type of character would have been like, oh, you know, fuck this shit. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. I want to stick to gi, you know. But in my mind, I was like, well, this isn't good enough. You know, I need to accept the fact that they're different. You know, they are different, and I need to learn what works and I need to learn it quickly because I feel like I'm behind now you know? and, and so how long did you take how 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 often were you training mm. and what did that training look like in terms of like oh. drilling or rolling or whatever and how long did you take to feel okay I'm comfortable right. here so if I started doing you know let's say 20% of my training no gi in about what did I say 2016 2017 at brown belt I I was at that time, I was training five days a week and it was, I mean, back in the day at, at Purple Belt when I was at Mill Hill, me and a guy called Louis Carazza, who's in, you know, Louis, Louis Carazza, he's ZR team, he's in, he's in Hertfordshire now. No. Uh, he's, he's, he's a gee guy and we were doing gee's gear. We were, uh, he was a blue belt, I was Purple Belt. We were literally training four to six hours a day. You know what I mean? And I was like, these guys are weird <laughs> just wanted to get good man you know what i mean because that's what i thought that's what we had to do to get good you have to just do more do more do more and you're like early 20s so you know you, you can take it you know but injuries will start to will start to appear so 2016 2017 i started chucking a bit more nogi in i was uh, i was working more teaching as well so i had to kind of balance things a little bit so i was still training like let's say five days five days a week um and doing like an hour, hour and a half of hard sparring with three or four weight sessions chucked into the week as well. So some days it was like twice a day, it would be like jiu-jitsu weights or, vi or vice versa. Then lockdown happened. Lockdown happened and uh, there was a bit of a gap for a few, a couple of months where I couldn't really train. 
I had to I had to get the mats, I had to get the weights, equipment, and uh, then like I said, I committed to to doing nogi only. Uh, so I was then I was then I was training like twice or three times a week for like forty forty five minutes, maybe an hour. Just that was and, just getting other people. Just in. me and another guy, yeah, come around the spa. You know, Jay Herridge came around quite a lot. Um, uh, another guy I know, John Ramos. He he came he came around a few times. Um, and there was a there was a there was a few other guys as well who came around, and we you know we were just we were just train get it done, and um, and then and then when it came when it came to the end of lockdown, that's when I that's when I really sort of started to crack the code of like right what is the most efficient way I truly believe to train, you know because I started nogi with a blank slate. Because I came from a gi background, so I didn't watch a lot of instructionals. I just, I just that would be boring to me. I wanted to work it out myself. So, not only working out the the technical aspect to it, but like, all right, how much can I actually train? You know, um, and I carried that carried that forward when when lockdown ended, and I started going to. Um, at 12.33, started going to a few open mats again. What I quickly found was that if I took the volume a bit too high, so a shit session and then a shit week. So in terms of too much intensity? It's, it's okay, yes and no. Um, intensity within reason doesn't seem to be the problem, but it's more volume that seems to be, that seems to be the problem. Because you can train intensely... Or you can train for an extended period of time, but you can't do both. You know. So, so go, go, go one step back. You got you put an Instagram post up, which I I just read it this morning. But you'd already said, listen, I, I kind of would like to talk about this stuff. So this Instagram post um, was from I think August last year, and you and you basically said that the the the, the pattern that you've settled on mm. is for grappling sessions a week so one would be standing stuff one is guard passing one is guard retention playing guard whatever and one is mixing it up and then you got three weight sessions a week yeah so i mean so talk me through you know your kind of overview of your way where you are at the moment so we've all got it in our head that we need to get everything done in seven days you know, because a month, you know, roughly, you know, four weeks. But that's not really how the body works. You know, my training week now is about 10 to 12 days. And over 10 to 12 days, I will get in, yeah, four jiu-jitsu sessions. In, okay, in so that's over a longer period. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And three weight sessions. Okay. So so the the variability between the 10 and 12 days? Uh, in in, ter- in terms so of like do, when do I when yeah. would it be with ten when would it be twelve? Yes, that that is. Uh, let's say for example, if I if I just if I feel smashed, I need to put in another rest day. Gotcha. You know. So would you would you kind of maybe program it over ten days, 10 to and then you days. think right, I need a day's rest. I'm exactly just that. Bomb exactly the day that. Gotcha. I don't feel guilty at all to put in another day because I know that my next session back will be highly productive. You know, and yeah, there are those four broad areas we talked to, we mentioned there, the the takedown, 
the guard aspect, the passing aspect, and the um, um, mixing them all together. Mixing them all together. We could even go the uh, the escape and control aspect. There are there are there are a few different areas. What I'm doing now is I don't mix them so frequently like I was doing back last year. I'm, I just stick to the same thing for about a month. In terms of two to the three weeks, technical stuff, you're drilling. yeah. So for example, the last last I did grapple fest, I competed there, and then after that, I spent three weeks just passing half guard. So I'd start every single round passing half guard until I was happy that. I was doing everything in the right order as it needed to be done and the pressure felt right and correct. Then I moved on. And I was a bit selfish with it as well. I was at 33 and made everyone else do it as well. So, but I mean, they're beginners. So they just, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll do whatever. If I came in and we're like, we're doing flying arm bars and spinning foot locks, everyone would do it. So, you know, you are doing good stuff. I'm doing it as well, you know. But if, if you break jiu-jitsu down into, let's say, seven or eight main areas, yeah, so look, well, let's just do it quickly. Take the, the, the takedown aspect and the defense to that. The uh, the guard aspect, let's say open guard and close guard. We could even say half guard, another one. Um, passing, passing all three, we just bung them all together. Um, controlling and finishing from side mount and back and escaping from side mount and back. That's seven areas, yeah? So if we've spent a month on each of those areas, seven months into the year, you've spent a month on each of those topics... 12 months in a year, let's take it to 14 months, um, um, a year and two months, you've gone around that twice. Mm. Rather than just turn up and what we're doing today, I don't know, let's just spar, let's just free spar. Yeah, I mean, this, this was just, just on that point, this was something that I was just talking with uh, Smith uh, this morning about. Um, because he was saying to me, oh, you know, when we go to a class and we learn a technique and whatever, how, how do you remember it? I said, most of the time I don't remember it. I remember mm. it for a week or a couple of weeks or whatever, but... When you come back to it again, say six months later yeah. or 12 months later, on another rotation of doing the stuff, yeah. I find then it really mm-hmm. sinks in because you've kind of, you, in the back of your head, you've been processing it. Why well, I keep getting stuck with this. I try and fix it. I kind of like it. I'm going to go to something else. And then you come back to it again and it, and it sort of sinks in much better the second time around. But again, yeah. I think that's probably because in that sense, with my training, I'm a bit lazy insofar as I, I like the training. I like the workout. I like mm. when I get smashed, I enjoy it. When I smash other people, I enjoy it. You know, I, I, like, I like the training. I like, the, I like the, 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 um, the kind of physical contact and the sweat and, and all of that sort of stuff. So for me, a lot of the, um, the reason to do it is just to do it. Of course, I want to get better at it as I go, and I and I feel like I improve as I go. But I I could definitely apply more of myself to getting better. But I would have to invest a lot more energy into it in terms of mental, emotional. You know, going back and writing stuff down and, and this and that and the other. Which at the moment, you know, I'm trying to do the podcast, I've got a full time job. You know, got other stuff going on as well. But it's, it's interesting though. Um, this this concept, which which you know, now you said it, it seems exactly like like the kind of thing that somebody who's a critical thinker would uh, settle on is not being shackled by a week or mm. a month exactly. or a year. So you've got you know like a ten to twelve day cycle, mm-hmm. but you said already like 
it's a seven month cycle and then we repeat not oh i'll yeah. get it down to six because then i can no, do it twice no, in the no, year no, no, no. no seven takes how long it takes how long it takes and it might take six i mean for example if i'm like that that topic i just did uh with the with the group with myself passing half guard we did it for three weeks let's say if i was happy with it for for two weeks well let's just move on now you've got to be a bit flexible with it you know and so with with if you're if you're passing half guard or whatever uh, would you do you move on when you feel like you're good with it, or would you say I'm 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 happy, but my guys are still struggling. We're going to do another week. Um, it, or varies. It, it it does vary because I mean, there's only so long that you can you can stay on it. Like if if I if if we stayed on it till I was happy with it with them, it would take a year. Right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So I take you as far as you can take it. If you haven't understood. It by now, I've broken it down as simple as possible. I understand it. I certainly understand it better than when we first started. We'll be back to that in a few months. Okay. Let's move on. Because otherwise, you can only take it to a point, otherwise it does get it does get boring. Yeah. You know, there there'll there'll definitely be a diminished return. So like you'll improve they'll improve, they'll improve, they'll improve. Then it gets boring and then it's like they don't even want to be there anymore. Yeah. It's gotta be it's gotta be kept um exciting and interesting, but not to the not to the point where it's changing every single session. It's like we need we need at least two to four weeks on one topic before we before we can move on. Yeah, this know? was what I don't know if you listened to this the second episode I did with Ed Ingemels. I haven't listened to that yet. He he was basically saying same thing, the same yeah. thing. You know, like you 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 sort of have like this um, number of sessions or weeks or whatever where everyone's interest is mm. there and they're excited and they're learning and they're engaged and then you can feel that people start to kind of absolutely oh, doing this again absolutely and then you, you're just wasting your time exactly. you? You, you might as well just move to something else get the energy back up and exactly come back to it later yeah yeah interesting yeah so um so so just going back to your 10 to 12 day mm. uh, rotation because you know i think for most of the people that listen to the podcast are jujitsu people so a lot of these are jujitsu but some of them are just on random other you know yeah. had a wine guy on had a beer guy on just random stuff but it's a lot of jujitsu people mm. and i think um most most people well most people who are training jujitsu who bother to listen to jujitsu podcasts are trying to get better at jujitsu mm -hmm. so just just sort of um digging into to, to this kind of um system that you that you've arrived upon because you know as we said just before we started recording i've had a lot of people on the podcast who are high level black belts they've got a lot of teaching experience they've been they've got other physical you know osteopath power lifter whatever but a lot of people are a little bit um cagey about saying this is the best way to structure your month or whatever whereas you were very much the opposite like no this is this is the best Truly way to believe structure it is. It. yeah so so maybe we can kind of drill down into it a little bit more right. so you got a you you would program over 10 days which may extend may depending extend on 12. how you feel. Yeah. Four jiu-jitsu sessions. Four jiu-jitsu sessions, 45 minutes to an hour of sparring. And, and, but then you could have another hour of drilling, kind of? Half hour? I, I personally, I don't need to, to, to drill at this point. I think that um, if you're learning something new, maybe five minutes of repetition okay. could be useful. But then you need to do it inspiring now that would be different for, for me as a black belt that'd be very different to someone who's white or blue belt someone who's white 
white belt, for example, they need to do a lot more repetition in practice because they're not, they don't have the coordination, they're not familiar with the, with the movement patterns. Someone who's a black belt can see a detail, practice it for five minutes, and then do it on every blue belt in a room. Yeah, and it might be something so minor, like get your near side knee underneath their armpit, and they don't even realize what you're doing, and you're just focusing on that really narrow aspect of mm. of what it is you, you're, you're trying to achieve. So as you get as you get better, you don't need to do as much drilling. No way. So so really, then that that session is comprised of less than an hour of sparring. Basically, yeah. And that sparring would be like constraints based. So you mostly specific, eighty percent specific, twenty percent free sparring, eighty twenty. And not and not that session, but in in general, eighty percent of those sessions would be specific. Twenty percent of those sessions, or even less, would be free sparring. And would they be mixed in the same session, or no, you, this is just specific? And then Friday yeah, next week exactly. will be free sparring. Yeah, whatever. like like. Uh, to be honest with you, I have not done a free sparring session in months now. It's all been specific. You don't miss that? that just to be honest with wrong, you, bro. no, because um, like most of my training is with blue belts, odd purple belt, odd brown belt. Yeah, so I don't really get any enjoyment from like, oh, what am I just like? What do I need to do? Do yes. I need to just smash you sense. and see what happens? Yeah, yeah. Like it's like no. I want to pass, let's say, I keep saying half guard, but it's because it's the last thing I did. I want to pass your half guard in this specific way. Yes. And then I want to pass all of all of you in the same way, on the same side, in the same order of the of the actual movement patterns of the, of the technique. You know, once you can do it on them, you bring it up a level to the purples, the browns, and once you can do that, then you'd be confident enough to do it to a black belt uh, because you've had that much practice in that narrow area of the game. the last time I did specific the last time I did free sparring was four weeks ago when I competed at Grapple Fest. That was the last time I did free sparring. So would you <laughs> would you quite quite likely go through a whole cycle between comps without free sparring? There might be there might partner? be there might be an odd session, odd open mat here or there, you know. But most of it most of it will be specific sparring. because like, I want to get really good at a specific area and then move on to the next area and then move on to the next area. And then I might bring it together for a session or two here or there. And and how about for lower belts? So if, say, for example, your blue belts. Yeah. But I mean, probably most people listening to this are like blue, purple, sort of somewhere in, in the middle. So would those, would you say those guys still should be focusing 80% of their rolling time on sort of position Definitely. constraints? Specific Definitely, stuff? because what happens in free sparring, if you're doing that all the time, it's, it's very hard to recreate. Like, explain to me what just happened for the last six minutes of your round. I don't know, I just went blank. Well, yeah, of course you did, because there's eight fucking areas that you, just <laughs> that you just merged into one. You switched off, you didn't even know where you were. Whereas, if you spent the last six minutes doing, let's say, um, let's say Butterfly Guard, the guy underneath has to sweep, submit, or take the back. Because that's all you can do from any guard is sweep, submit, or take the back. Your attacking options. The guy on top has to pass to side control mount back. Yeah, he could, he could, he could, he could submit you um, too if that was the the rules of what we were uh, designing for the specific training. Fine, um, but you then would be able to replay that whole thing, and you would know what went right, what went wrong, in just that small but it's still quite a vast segment of the game, rather than 
anything goes, you know. And and would you also be looking at various different times within those sessions to say, like literally, if you get a sweep, you just reset. Yeah, if, if you, you get, yeah, if you, you if you if you hit that sweep, and and you secure it, start again right at the beginning, and then do it again. Can you do that again? Because it worked that time. So can you do that again? Was it a fluke, or did you set it up legit? Did the guy just fall over by mistake? Mm. Did he did he not even do his job properly? Did he just flop over? Like good sweep, mate. Like what, bro? Weed. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> you didn't even fight against it, bro. Like you know, like or did you really not only? sweep him over but you ran him down and held him down so he literally couldn't do anything because that's really different you know and and do you would you also give kind of guidance then for the the, let's say the defensive guy the guy who's trying not to get swept or not to get tapped or whatever Mm. depending on the specific stuff that you're training to rather than saying like just don't get swept are you, are you sometimes kind of setting up the scenarios of you can get swept, but let's just start to apply like a bit of feedback? Because otherwise, I guess you get some people that are like, I did six minutes, I, I didn't do nothing. Can't even move the guy. Yeah, it does It does depend on uh, on levels. Like white belts can't really expect much. You're just going to be a nail. Just gonna, you just got to accept that, unfortunately. And if you can't accept it, then go and do gardening like sorry but that's how it is you know whereas blue belts it's like right cool you've 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 proved yourself and you 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 know the game or an overall uh got an overall uh oversight of what's going on you need to be smashing those white belts yeah like it might be yeah you might have a tough round sometimes you know that's uh because they are only blue belts it's not like it's not a massive belt they just got a, a, a foundational knowledge of what's going on yeah but, uh, but you need to, ideally, you need, you, need to, you, need to, you need to be smashing them because you, know, you actually understand what's going on. Um, and then, you know, purple belt, they that's an advanced belt, you know, so they have a, a deeper understanding of jiu-jitsu and are on their way to black belt, you know. So, sorry, man, I forgot what was that, that question there again. I'm Just whether you, whether you kind of, because the, the reason why I'm asking is, is uh, Ed, has, has very much uh, gone down this kind of route of um, ecological dynamics. I don't know whether you're aware of this. Kind of mm. like a, uh, I don't know if it's a new, newer science of sort of teaching, particularly f- like physical stuff. And it's pretty much what you've oh, right. worked out okay, yourself. Okay, interesting. So what, what Ed was talking about was that um, once you've, been shown a technique mm-hmm. you know grab like whatever grab take an overhook move on to this side put a hook in and then you sweep mm-hmm. once you've been shown it three times mm-hmm. what's the point of practicing it absolutely because what he was saying was a you're practicing on a non-resisting opponent exactly so what are you actually practicing yeah, it's yeah. like it's like practicing air piano it, exactly i can do the thing if we take but then that, when they've got keys there exactly <laughs> you can't play nothing we take right? that example so let's say for example i learn a uh, a brand a brand new thing i wouldn't grab a white belt first grab a blue belt first because the blue belt will be a little bit less erratic yeah so i grab the blue belt first once i can then do that on the blue belt and all the blue belts then I'll take it to, I'll add the white belts in and I'll add purple belts in. You know, and, yeah. then, and then I'm comfortable enough to be like, right, okay, I, I know that now against people that are 
are actually the white belt will be fighting for, for, for their life against it. Yeah. Purple belt will be using more jujitsu. Yeah. And then and then I'm comfortable enough to use it against uh, against against upper grades. You know, yeah. to use something against an upper grade, you have to have X amount of volume done on lower. Because if I just say, right, I'm going to go and train with black belts now. Cool, we're just going to do this for the whole session, and nothing's going to happen. Yeah. We're just going to we're going to oh maybe I'll just get smashed. You know what I mean? But we're just going to smash into each other for an hour. Yeah. Come away. How was that? Yeah, good training, mate. But was it though? Because nothing actually got done. Whereas if I limit myself and be like, right, blue belts on me, mount, arm up, I'm starting an arm triangle, I can get a lot out of that. Hmm. One, I'm nearly getting put to sleep. Yeah. I'm probably going to tap as well, but I'm nearly getting put to sleep and having to work my escape from the deep. So I'm putting myself at a handicap. So they know enough to pose a threat from hmm. certain positions. Does that, does, that, uh, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah very yeah. very good, much so. Good, good. That, that's, that's very much, it's it sort of gone down that, that route of um, just setting his guy's problems and seeing how they work through them. And then, you know, not even necessarily kind of correcting them, just allowing them to, to correct themselves. But very much from what I, I mean, I, I, I don't train with Ed anymore. But what you know, what I understand from what he was saying, very much um, is that it is just much more positional sparring, mm. with maybe some kind of constraints placed on it to make exactly. the to learn the technique better. Yeah. So you might say, I don't know what's a good example, but maybe maybe if let's say it was gi. I mean, they're training mainly no gi, but just saying, look, the the guy who's trying to defend the sweep. You can't grip the pants. Yes, you would normally grip the pants, but what's going to happen then is that they're going to start being able to hit that sweep. And once they can hit it every time, now you can grab the pants mm. and then you kind of try and do it again. Exactly. But yeah. the, the, the kind of just, okay, five, you do five arm bars, I do five arm bars. He, he, you know, I think he's, he's yeah. come to exactly the same yeah. realisation as you, is that it's a yeah. bit of a waste of and time. We used, to, we used to like Toriander passes, right? So you grab the pants you just like... Yeah. For like 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, but, and then you try to do it. But then you work, try right? to do it and it doesn't go like that because you do it, you do one, the guy frames on you and now you've got to drop the shoulder and run in and, and get the weight distribution right and then feed the, 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 the I'm using gear example, feed, the, feed it under, trap over the top of it and, and, and secure the position. He's yeah. going to turn away or turn in. You've got to flatten him out again. Yeah. So it would have been better to just do it specific tra training in against a variety place. of levels rather than just a non-resisting opponent where you're just flinging their legs around all over the place. It is a waste of time, it really is. Yeah, so 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 then in terms of efficiency of your training, um, you've got your four sessions every 10 to 12 days, depending on you know how, how you feel. And those are going to be an hour or so of mostly uh, constrained sparring, yeah. active sparring. Um and then you've got how many sessions of resistance work? So so weights I will do, I was doing three a week up until about a month ago. But I just, I just, I just wasn't recovering and my weight wasn't, um, wasn't really moving, you know, and uh, I just, I just, I felt like I needed, I needed more, more rest time between, between sessions. So I've recently, again, uh, put the three sessions to about 12, 12 days now. Same, same as the jiu-jitsu, about 10 to 12 days. 
and already in the last three weeks put on two kilos. And would you would you potentially rotate or, or cycle your weights on a different length cycle to your jiu-jitsu? So might your, your jiu-jitsu might rotate every 10 days, but the, the weights might be 12, or do you try to do the whole yeah, block I mean, on the same thing? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I was, I was doing three sessions over seven days, didn't feel like I was recovering from it. So over 12 days now, I know I'm getting four, um, four jiu-jitsu sessions and three weight sessions, you know. And, and how do you, what do your weight sessions look like? So the like? weight sessions would be legs, back, and chest, shoulders, and arms. So push pull, yeah, basically, yeah. The full body, full body. I mean, that just can't. I can't. Couldn't. I wouldn't be able to take that. You know. I don't think a lot of people really, especially with jiu-jitsu, throwing on top of it as well. It's it's impossible. Um, An upper and lower split. I feel like that's too much. I feel like I'm in the gym for too long, and the intensity goes down. Can't do it. But when I do a three-way split, I mean, my legs is like four exercises. I'm out the gym. Which would be? I do. I do a um, a plate-loaded leg press. I really feel that. That's why I do it. You know, I, I, I can't squat sort of hip injuries, again, from gi, from being stubborn, you know. But a plate-loaded leg press, a hack squat, a leg extension and a leg curl. Oh, and I do a, a, a calf exercise or two after, but they're just like, they're not, they're not as intense as the, first, as the first four. So it is five or six exercises. It takes half an hour and I'm at the gym. So I literally, for the leg press, I'll do two warm-up sets and then one maximum set aiming for between 10 and 12 reps. Hack squat will be a warm-up set, a go set. Leg extension, warm-up set, go set. All the rest of it, again, just a warm-up set and then an all-out maximum set. And literally for the past for the past eight years since I started training like this, every single session I've made progress. Every single session. There's been maybe one in a hundred where I haven't, which has just meant you're a bit tired, you need an extra rest day. Yeah, it's quite interesting because I had... Um a guy on called Marcel, who's, uh, he was a natural, uh, like a semi-pro bodybuilder. He's a jiu-jitsu guy now, trains at Borenwood with Sandeep and Seymour. Um, but he basically was doing the same thing. Oh, wow. Um, you know, he was, he basically said, you know, I'd have like one or two working sets, max, max, max effort, you know, with a, yeah. with a spotter. So some forced yeah. reps or yeah, some yeah, negatives exactly, or like exactly. one just... yes. Just get it done in one. Out. Just get it done. And that's it. And, it really and, does and, work, you know. And quite interestingly, because I used to, when, you know, when I was younger, I was in, I used to read all the bodybuilding magazines and, you know, I'm, I'm quite a lot older than you, but, you know. Mike Mensah, Dorian Yates. These oh, are the, these are the, that. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, wow, I was, wow. I, you know, I was like uh, Lee Haney and, them, right. you know, them guys. Yeah, Dorian yeah, yeah. Yates was when I was already realised you're never going to be a bodybuilder. Right, right, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. When I was young, I was like, don't <laughs> worry, I'm going to grow, bro. Like, if I do enough curls, I'll grow. That's it, man. By, by Dorian Yates' time, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. I need to do something different here. But but yeah, Dorian Yates was probably, well, Dorian Yates, so this this is interesting, right, from what you were saying earlier. So Dorian Yates probably the, the most well-known of that super high intensity. High intensity training. But the original guy, I think, was Mike Metzer. Mike, Mike Mensa. Yeah. Mensa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he popped up. I, I haven't looked at bodybuilding stuff yeah. for five years. And he popped up on my YouTube yesterday. Speaks so much sense. But it's weird, right? Yes, yeah, weird. There you go. And that you're going to talk about That's this it. today. I didn't know particularly that you're going to talk about That's this. It. But, you know, Arthur he, Jones, Mike Mensa, Dorian Yates... I mean, look, I don't know anything about bodybuilding, yeah? But I've listened to basically all of their content online because it makes sense. And I was like, if I'm going to lift weights, 
I want to do it the most efficient way. And you would think, yeah, but like you're lifting weights in a body by bodybuilding style way for jujitsu. Yeah, but you're lifting weights in a body by bodybuilding style way that flies in the face of what most bodybuilding guys are doing. Yeah. Three to five sets, two hour sessions, multiple times a week, training a muscle group twice a week. But I think a lot of that also is down to A, that's their only thing. So, you know, you're throwing in this is true. four jujitsu sessions. And B, a lot of them probably are on geared up to the eyeballs. Yeah, so that, yeah. your recovery is hundred yeah. percent faster, right? You know, you can you can tolerate a lot more volume and yeah. recover quicker and more intensity. It's like, what's the most efficient way, though? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like, and 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 so 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 that's that's actually really really useful. So so push pull legs. Yeah. So the back three session three to five exercises. Exactly, the back session will be a barbell row, barbell shrug, T bar row. Cable pull down and a dumbbell row. That's for back session done. So, so again, five one exercises. hard set of yeah. each. Yeah, so warm-up set, absolute go set. Uh, and then the, and the chest session is like um, flat dumbbell press right now, uh, followed by pec deck, followed by overhead press, followed by side dumbbell lateral raises. Um, then on to... Uh, two variations of a tricep push down that you would just sort of alternate between oh, I do I do I do I do both, both. I do both I just I just feels like I get uh, I get I get benefit from that yeah uh, easy bar curl can't do straight bar hurts my wrists easy bar curl followed by hammer dumbbell curl and a forearm curl so they're more exercises but they're not as taxing as like the big ones on the back or the, or the leg session oh, on the back session I started adding a Partial deadlift on the on the on the back end of the uh, of the session as the well. The top bit or the bottom of uh, um, the bottom. Uh, the, the top bit. So uh, Often like so, a rack pull. So I'll, yeah, I'll pick it up and I'll lower it to about mid shin length, and then uh, so that way it takes it off of the hamstrings and the glutes and focuses it all onto the back. So um, yeah. and so all of these are going to be aiming for ten to twelve reps. Ten to twelve reps. Yeah, exactly. Adding eight to eight to twelve but on the legs. Ten to twelve. Yeah. Okay. And then adding like a pound, a half a pound, exactly. whatever, each time. Exactly. Once I hit 12, then I'll up the weight. This is exactly what Marcel was saying. And then I'll go for 8 to 12 again, or 10 to 12, depending on the exercise and the rep range I'm going for. So literally in eight years, I've put on 20 kilos training like this. 20, 70 to 90 kilos I've gone to. Yeah. I've been consistent as fuck. I've never missed a session. Yeah. And I've progressively overloaded all throughout that time. Yeah, an extra rep or extra weight every single session. So no like cycling down and no, just literally nothing. just keep adding a little nothing. bit, little bit, little All bit. I need, if, if I don't make progress, which I don't make progress in one in a hundred sessions, yeah, that just means that I haven't had enough rest. Okay. That's all it means. You know, I haven't taken an extra day when I should have taken an extra day because I was like, no, I'll just go and push through anyway. It's interesting, Bro, isn't it? You, it's you very, it's very counterintuitive. Like, exactly. You think oh, I haven't done enough, but actually exactly. you've done too much. Yeah, you like you just got to get in, do it as intense as possible, and then get out. It's not an, it's not a marathon. Like who's bigger, uh, a marathon runner or a sprinter? You know. Mm. Yeah, I mean different body types for different. I oh, know. Yeah, that, that's just right, coming to it too, right? No, no, I, I totally but just totally... get in and get out. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like a lot of guys, they go into the gym and they're doing like. First of all, they're sitting on their phones and they're talking to each other and looking in the mirror and they're doing their hair, yeah? And they're doing like five sets, yeah? And they on the fifth set, all right, you're finally fucking getting to failure on the, on the, on the 60th rep. 
Yeah. Why not just go in? Yeah. Bro, I trained my mum the other day. She just started training. I started training her like this. Mate, she's in there training training harder than, than grown men. You know, you know what I mean? It's embarrassing. And would you say that this would be... Because again, you know, if we, if we look at the example of jiu-jitsu white belts against everyone else, their training is going to look different because they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Would you say in terms of the resistance training, so getting into the gym and lifting weights, if you're a complete beginner... You can just train like this from day one, or do you think you need a six months of just kind of volume to learn what you're doing? I would say you can train like it from day one, but it might be very difficult for you to get to failure and go beyond failure, force reps, negatives, et cetera, et cetera, because you don't have that mind-muscle connection. Mm. So maybe two working sets. Okay. You know, and then once you, once you, uh, I've got that mind-muscle connection, you're like, right, now I can hammer it away and just do it and just do it in one set. And just drop that volume even even further. Which is again interesting because I can remember reading all this over and over and over in bodybuilding magazines and thinking that don't make sense. Like the stronger you get, the less you need to do because <laughs> you're, you know, you kind of think, oh, yeah. when you get stronger, you can do more. Yeah, but it's not actually you're recovery. going deeper into yeah, the you're just frying your nervous system up even more. Right, you know, so you need more time between sessions. You know, yeah, interesting. So so just 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 maybe finishing off with the with the gym stuff. Let's say we're talking about the um, leg press. Mm. Did you say weighted leg I did press? The, yeah, the the, yeah. Uh, the sled leg press. Yeah, yeah. And so, basic equipment. I just go to my local pure gym. But if you're if you're if we're talking about that as an example, mm. what does your like one set to failure look like? Horrible. <laughs> like, I mean, so, in terms of cadence, in terms of are you resting like wicked. between? That's a really you know, good question. That. I've I've played about with the rep speed. I've 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 tried four second positive and a four second negative, yeah, or across across the board on all, all the exercises. What I've found for me personally on legs and back, I just don't like to overthink it. I just like to get it up one or two seconds and lower it for two or three seconds. That feel that that really smashes smashes them up. Whereas whereas chest, I slow it down to a three to four second uh, pace right now. Maybe that change in the future, but that's. That's where I feel for me personally. Uh, I get, I get, I get the most. I get the most out of it. And in terms of trying to, you know, so so I guess I guess my specific question would be, what's the last rep of that set? What happens on the last rep? Right, that, Do you fail or you don't quite fail? Do you have a spot? It, it de- you know, it depends on on the ex- like leg press, for example. I bring it to the. I don't have a spot. I just go by myself. So I just bring it to the point of failure where I get that last rep and I'm like, if I do this next rep, it's just going to, it's going to, I'm going to collapse underneath it. I have gone to failure on hack squat before because you, so it, something that you can drop. Basically yeah. You, you, you hit the buffers and you're just in the bottom position. You can just slide out leg press. I, you know, I go to, I go to uh, the point, I definitely point of positive failure. So I'm like, I can't do another rep. I can't, you know, I can't lower it for the negative. Whereas bicep curl, I will take, I'll take it to, to, to failure on the, on, on the positive. As soon as I can't lift it anymore, I'll swing it up to the top and I'll do some negatives. Um, but yeah, again, if you have a good training partner, they can they can like they can help you out. They can be on the leg press. They can be uh, on the machines. Uh, helping yeah, you out. I, I guess you know when you when, if you do sort of go with that mindset of like one set, it's much easier. Mm. It's still unpleasant, right? But yeah. it's much easier to just say exactly. Well, I'm just fucking going for it. Exactly. I just got to get one done. Just one. 
And you know, like last week I did this, for, this is going to feel heavy, but last week I did it for 10. Yeah. So, you know, a lot, even last week, last 12 days ago, I did it for 10. And you'd be surprised. You're like, damn, I did it for 12 today and it literally, it felt easy. So next week I'm going to chuck another five kilos on it. Yeah, I'm you gonna, just did that all year round. I'm going to start doing this because I've, yeah. been, I've been messing around in terms of my gym work. Because we, you know, in the garage, we put down a jujitsu mat, but there's a, little power rack in there the barbell dumbbells i can do pull-ups whatever but, but i very much you know think oh i'm gonna do like some pull-ups today and then i'm gonna hang off the gi and do some and then a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit of instagram and whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. but i do i do need to actually write myself like a little diary and say like this what you're gonna do on yeah. these days this is how much you lifted yeah and then just just be consistent with it because you know when i've done that in the past for a year here or six months there where you do make really good progress yep. and then something happens you get you oh great now i'm on my summer holiday yeah okay great on the beach then you come back and then you don't do it again but it is it, it, I, I need to um i need to i need to do that so hopefully this is going to be the the kick up the ass i need literally to. got every single workout every single rep written down for eight years yeah in like a stack of diaries yeah you yeah know? so when i look back on them i'm like I'm like, wow, I've added like yeah, I mean, twenty kilos, kilos and kilos and kilos to those lifts. And you're natural, right? Yeah. Most. Yeah, do, yeah. do you take any legit supplements? I take, um, I do take, there's a supplement called First Man actually. So I take that. I take... Um, do you know what's in it? Yeah, it's got a mix of stuff. It's got ashwagandha. It's got... Um, so like natural testosterone boosters. Exactly. And the other, th uh, I take uh, Phoenix Nutrition as a multivitamin, 10,000 IUs of vitamin D a day, uh, an uh, adaptogen for cortisol uh, called Rhodiola rosier. So right now I'm just taking those four things every day, as in creatine, four things in creatine every day. Do you day. cycle your creatine? You just, just take, take it, it five grams every day. Yeah. And I, I like creatine as well. You know, it, it's one of the only things that actually, you know, does work. Like you take five, 10 grams a day and you'll stick on a, you can stick on half a kilo to a kilo within a couple of weeks, really just, you know, obviously it's water retention and glycogen and stuff, but mm. it, it works. Yeah. You know? So, um, what does your diet look like and what is your sleep and mm. any kind of <laughs> active recovery, passive yeah. recovery? What, what do you do around your training? So I try to get eight hours sleep a night. Sometimes I get seven, but Generally, what time are you trying to sleep good. and wake up? I, I, I'll sleep. I'll sleep at like twelve or one. Oh, wake up at eight. Late. Wake up at eight or nine. You know, that's why I feel. I feel good with those hours. Um, it feels natural to me to sleep at those hours as well. Does that Does that change with the seasonally or no? You just kind of winter, summer, same. Yeah, pretty much the same. Yeah, pretty much the same. Uh, so my sleep, my diet. I mean, right now, I mean, yesterday, I ate four thousand eight hundred calories. Are you Are you logging calories? Yeah, I track it all. Track it all. So like 250, 300 grams of protein a day. Um, so what, what would, a, do you, would you say you have like a normal day's food? What is a normal day's food? Oh, or a normal mate, normal day for me food? will look like crazy for a lot of people. Like I'll drink like four litres of milk a day, semi-skim milk, because the macros are, uh, it's, it just fits the macros better. Like the fat, uh, the fat percentage is lower, so they leave more room for protein and carbs. And uh, I eat quite a lot of red meat, lamb or beef. Um, might have a little bit of pasta. Um, I, I don't eat a lot. Of, I don't eat really any any junk food. You know, it's literally just meat, milk. Um, like I said, yes, yeah, some pasta, and uh, 
Mate, pretty much, pretty much that's it. Fruit, veg, not, I, not, not so much. I, I, I'll, I'll eat like potatoes and, and, and starchy carbs, you know. But in terms of like fruit, I don't really eat that much fruit. I don't really, I haven't eaten fruit for ages. So kind something. of like a more paleo carnivore yeah, type Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now I'm like, just top of my head, you know, it changes day to day kind of, but like at least like 400 grams carbs a day, 250 at least protein a day about 100 to 120 140 grams of fat a day so you you know if i drop if i drop my calories down to 3500 with all the, with all the and i say all the training i'm doing because i'm probably doing a lot less than a lot of jiu-jitsu guys out there my weight will drop by about two kilos sorry my weight will drop by about two kilos in about two three weeks so i've literally got a, a, to keep my weight stable at 90 right now i've got it's got to be above 4000 calories a day that's amazing, and and that's uh, quite uh, potentially an expensive diet. What what yeah. are you are you using like mints and stuff like that? Are you what kind of cuts of meat are you buying? Uh, just like sirloin. Just go to Aldi. It's quite cheap at Aldi. Uh, how or, much is or, a sirloin? Six quid, five quid. Yeah, like you can get like four quid. But uh, but how many of those do you need in a day? Oh, I'll have like I'll have like one of those at night with uh, with potato. Yeah. Um, Earlier on in the day, like I said, I drink a lot of semi-skim milk, and you know that shit is quite cheap. So right. if I have four, if I have four liters of that, it's like four quid, and that's um, uh, a liter. A liter is uh, five hundred calories. So that's two thousand calories. Okay. From uh, so half from four of liters it, of milk. So half of that. Milk. Half that is like is like liquid. Right. Um, so you know, you are not. I'm not saying like that's proteins for, and no, stuff. No, I don't. I don't. They don't agree with me. The way protein doesn't. But agree. milk, you're good. Milk, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, but I get like uh, I'll, I'll always buy like organic milk right. unless I'm really stuck, you know. But you know, ninety eight percent of the time, ninety nine percent of the time, it's organic. Uh, but most people can't do that. I mean, a lot of people are lactose intolerant. And I think as I get older, I am. I do say it to people, and they just I've said it to doctors, and they're like, "Yeah, that's bullshit." And I'm like, "Yeah, right, cool. You've done like, well, yeah. How much have you done on nutrition, really?" But Tuesday. I truly believe that uh, uh, blood type has an effect on what you can eat. People with type B blood, me, it's like 10 to 15% of the population in Europe uh, can consume dairy. Yeah. Like people might listen to that and go, it's bullshit. I don't really care. That's what I've discovered to be true. I've, I've done a lot of experimentation on myself and found out what I can eat. Can't have uh, any lentils or beans or anything like that. It's just pure pain. But meat and dairy, I can eat in abundance and I just feel light and good all the time. And then when I when I researched the um, the blood type diet, I was like, oh snap, I'm type B, and this food list that's been given here is literally what I can eat. Yeah, tomatoes on the red list. I never liked tomatoes; they always gave me acid uh, reflux. Yeah, because I grew up with all that stuff, acid reflux, and you know. interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are coming to the to the realization of eating more meat and animal fats, actually being really anti-inflammatory and full of nutrients and you know really really healthy yeah surprise surprise in complete contradiction to everything we've ever been told yeah exactly we, we, we try and stay off of this whole uh, uh rabbit hole of of going down the the media stuff although i i have got a question on that on hmm. later for you yeah yeah um and and what about what about um recovery stuff are you doing ice baths? No, and this oh and god, that no, and nothing. Uh, that ice bath stuff. I'm, I'm not a believer in it. Yeah, right. I just it just. Whenever I've done it in the past, I've tried it, got ill straight away. 
Yeah. After training, I I like a hot bath or I a hot, hot shower. Yeah. Just heat, heat, heat. And uh, yeah, that I, I feel fantastic. I mean, if I could go to the sauna more, uh, I would, but it's just too much long out of my day to go and do that, you know? So I just get They home. don't have a sauna at your gym? No, like we're training in the community centre. They don't even, right. even have showers there. <laughs> have you tried, have you ever tried the infrared saunas? These like never. bags that you just basically go in a bag and it's infrared. It's no, never. completely portable. Because I've been thinking about maybe trying to get one of those because sauna, I mean, I, I always enjoy the odd time. Usually like if we're on holiday and the hotel's got one or whatever, I'll go in there. Um, but saunas... Obviously, the health benefits of sauna, you know, aside from recovery, are, are well documented in terms of cardiovascular health and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I was just interested to, to 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 see whether you had tried the infrared one because they're, they're supposed to be not quite as good. But if you can't get to a proper sauna, actually, yeah, I don't really know too much about them. To yeah, be honest with you, supposed to be pretty good. And, uh, but yeah, I'm 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 a I'm a I much prefer a hot bath mm. or a hot shower after yeah. training for yeah. sure. And it's quite interesting because I was talking to my osteopath um, the other day. I, go, I've, I see my osteopath like every probably four to six weeks, even if I feel fine. I just go there. He just, you know, he says, oh, this shoulder's a bit tight. I'm going to move your hip or whatever. Um, but I just, I, I kind of, for me, it feels like just taking your car to the mechanic every so often and they go, I know it's fine, but your tracking's a bit off or you, whatever. Need to need to just keep it, sort of keep on top of it. But w- what he was saying to me um, was they do this um, uh, ice pack gel. So if you can't actually ice something after you've injured it, you can just rub this gel on, you know, a bit like the kind of the, the deep heat type of things. Um, but he was saying to me, you know, the, the actually the, the benefit of icing an injury is not the, the anti-inflammatory of icing it, it's the taking the ice off and the heat rushing to the injury wow. site, that's, that's what promotes the healing. So actually, you know, that kind of ties in maybe with that more intuitive feeling of jumping in a hot bath. Because everything's dilating, the blood's moving around fast, everything's circulating, your heart rate's increased, you know, all of that sort of stuff. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, I, I much prefer a bit of heat than, a, yeah, than never, a bit of cold. Never, never, never got on, never got on with that. Really. It's just like, you know, just, it's just honestly, I do it and I, I, I don't get ill. Yeah, I'm very rare for me to be ill. But as soon as I start doing ice bath shit, I just, you know, I think start to feel ill and run down. Did, when did you start doing the vitamin D? How long have you been doing the 10,000 vitamin D? Because oh. I noticed we started taking yeah. high dose D, yeah. so probably 5,000 yeah. at the beginning of the scam. Did you notice anything? I didn't get ill. Because I've been taking it for so long, I, can't, I don't even know if I yeah, noticed I just, anything anymore. I, you know? my, I mean, my day job, I'm an optician. So I'm sitting, in, I'm sitting this far from 20 people a day. Yeah, yeah. And quite often, as they come in and go, don't get too close to me, I've got a cold. I'm like, you booked for an eye test. How am I going to not get close to you? But that's a whole other story, yeah. right? But I used to get, I, I, I'm not an ill person, but I used to get easily five or six cough colds per year. Like, you know, usually over the sort of winter season, I'd have a cough for five days, it goes. I'd have a runny nose for three days, it goes, whatever. Not that like I'd be ill, but I'd pick up every so often. Since I've been taking vitamin D, I haven't been ill. Oh, that's good. At all. That's really good. It's, it, it was really... Yeah, noticeable because I think really a good. lot of supplements I find is kind of hard to 
does it work? Does it not? I think it does. Maybe it's just because I'm taking it and I feel something, yeah. whatever. But that very much over three years. D3, yeah? D3. That's the best one, yeah, with, yeah. With K2. With K2, right. And yeah, also nice. we the one we get is with MK7, right. which I think yeah, is yeah, kind of yeah, similar yeah, to yeah. the K2. It yeah, stops yeah, the nice. calcium in the blood supply and you know, it gives you better absorption. But yeah, that that I, I definitely had noticed the, the getting getting ill less, and also getting less um, sad. You know the seasonal effect, right. uh, whatever it's called, wow. just seasonal affected disorder. Yeah, yeah. In the winter, you feel depressed all the time. Yeah. Much less. You're not getting any sun. Yeah, but exactly. We're not getting any sun now, so really, you're really yeah. low on vitamin yeah. D in the winter, and you're good in the summer. But taking the vitamin D for me, you know, definitely smoothed that out a lot. Yeah. Well, where, where are your parents from? Uh, my dad was Indian, but from South Africa. Yeah. My mum's English. So you need even more vitamin D then? Yes, I need I need a lot of sun. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah, I tan exactly. easily, so I, yeah. I you know I, I need to get. I mean, I, I, it's it's for me it's it's just there's no kind of um, uncertainty at all. If I spend a day sitting in the sun, I feel great. Me too. I feel so much yeah. better. Everything is better. My, my eyesight, my hearing, my mood, everything's good if it's yeah. a sunny day. I used to burn really bad when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but now, eating this way and living as I do, I don't burn. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Yeah. So, because I've got, you know, three quarters Irish and one quarter Guyanese. Yeah. So, like, I don't. I might go red for like the first day, but there's no peeling or nothing. Yeah. Two, three days later, I'll start to go, I go brown, bro. Yeah. In the summertime, I go brown, man. Nice. Um, and like I said, I feel really, really good. I mean, what is this? This is like... <laughs> what is global boiling? Oh, this, what's God, the date today? It's some sun. It's, it's, the, it's the 30th of July. And yeah. I think yesterday, maybe yesterday or the day before, as far as reading my Twitter feed we've moved from global warming to global boiling well bring it on man I bring it i was loving it last year you know it was like 40 degrees last year and everyone was melting i was sitting outside a cafe on a t-shirt off just like this is glorious you know yeah I'm loving not, it let them ones who are going to melt melt the best i think the best <laughs> summer we had was was the the lockdowns it was i mean i know the lockdown was you know and it, it it was a terrible terrible thing yeah for me personally it was great great summer though the summer was amazing. April to April to August, just and because everyone else was at home, yeah, like you're out and about. Exactly. It's like you got the whole place yeah. to yourself. The I can only go out once a day, but I'll just go out twice a day now because you told me I can only go out once a day. So right, you know, like, I wasn't. I can't be bothered to go for another run. But guess what? But guess what? I'm I'm just going. Go, I go for a little walk anyway, just to prove a point. You can't tell me I've got to stay in the house. You know. Yeah. 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 So so you know that that was and 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 interesting as well. Is that it, during that during that sort of lockdown time and that whole COVID thing? That was when I started taking the vitamin D. That was when we put a proper jujitsu mat down, so we had a proper training space at home, which I don't think we would have done. Mm. And when I started doing um, the Wim Hof breathing, so I just do like in, now in the morning three rounds of deep breathing and a breath hold. And I've done that now. I started doing it during we were shut at work for a month. So I was like, I'm just going to do breathing and I'm going to do sunbathing and I'm going to go jujitsu and I'm going to do, I'm going to fill my day with, you know, being productive and busy. 
Um, but one of the things that I started doing was that was that um, deep breathing in the morning. And that also, I, I would say, has given me a, a huge benefit in terms of like anxiety and being calmer and being more sort of, you know, I could I could wake up in the morning before and feel really like, oh, you know, I don't feel don't want to go to work today and I don't feel, don't want to talk to anyone and this and that. Now I get up, I lie down, I put my headphones. It's like a guided thing. I just do my breathing, I do my breath holds, whatever, and pretty much. Every single time, like maybe like with your workouts, one in a hundred, mm. I wake up and I, I get up from that and I feel, and I still don't feel great. But the rest of the time, I just feel, oh, good, I'm centered, good. I'm calm, nice. the body's oxygenated, you know, everything's good. And I, and I think, you know, you, you, by the sounds of it, your switch from uh, gi to no gi was during that time. It was, yeah. And opening the academy yeah. was also coming yeah, off of the back of that. Yeah, literally as soon as... Well, it made me it made me reassess everything because I stopped um, I stopped working uh, teaching for ZR uh, just be, kind of a few months before lockdown because it was too difficult to I was I was just exhausted I was burning myself out basically you know working in two different areas of London trying to train as well trying to lift weight it was just I was I was basically I was doing too much anyway so yeah. it wasn't really my fault. It wasn't like I was, I was, I was being, I was being worked like a dog. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was, it was, it was easy, but I was making it more difficult than it had to be. Uh, and then, and then lockdown happened, and it was like the other place was like, oh, I just don't need you anymore. So I was like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm in a position where I can just be discarded like that. Yeah, hmm, I don't want that to happen again. Yeah, so after that, I said, I'm never going to work for anyone else ever again. Yeah, I'll work with people, but I'm never going to have a boss ever again. I'll always work for myself, yeah, and uh, do things my way. And that's the uh, best decision I ever made, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a nice feeling to work for yourself. I mean, I, I have, it, when I first qualified, I had two franchises. And so it's, it's I, I enjoyed it in the respect of, you know, you, you're your own boss, but I found it very stressful in terms of like you're your own boss. <laughs> like if you don't do something, no one cares. Yeah, it's just like yeah, just don't do it then, and yeah. it will just fail, and then you'll yeah, that's it. That'll be the end of that. So you know, it's 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 a it's a double edged sword. But yeah. again, like like we were we were saying at the beginning, I don't know whether we said it before we started recording or not. But you, when you're on the right path, things they they you know, there's another step and then another step and then where am I going to go here? Oh, this, there's light on this side. Yeah, I'm go this I way, think you know. so. Kind of guides so. you. It's kind of just effortless, you know. Things just fall into place when you're doing, you know, what you should be doing. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to go against it and, you know, not and do what you shouldn't be doing. I think um, there are more blocks that are, that are uh, put in your way. Oh, no, it's 133. <laughs> so I'm just like, jiu-jitsu... Arguably, that's what I know. It's my business as well. All the rest of it, I'm just like, you know what? I just try to separate myself from everything as much as possible, um, and just and and just and just do and just do my own thing. And like, and the what the 33 jujitsu is this around the 33? Well, do you know what it is? 33 yeah. degree. Well, yeah, like I that that's yeah, that's like just what it is, but. Um, a few years back, I would like say I'd make a decision, 
And if it's a good decision, I'd see a 33. Okay. And it started happening to me consistently. Consistently. So I researched. I was like, so, you know, the number 33, numerology. And it was like, oh, it's a master number. It's a master, master teacher. So I was like, well, you know, I think that's pretty cool. So when I needed a name for a, for a jiu-jitsu place, well, what am I going to call it? I was like, well, you know, following these decisions so far has led me to here. So it's only right that I just call it 33 jiu-jitsu. You know, whereas most people ask me, why did you call it 33 jiu-jitsu? I just give them the, the, uh, the, the peasant answer, you know. It's Which my, is? My favourite favorite number, lucky number, you know, but that's the... That's well, it the kind more, of is, right? Yeah, it is. It, it is. kind of is. Yeah, that's uh, true. But that's, that's the more in-depth kind of uh, number because you say it to people and you say oh yeah you, you, you're you mad or whatever you know it's like well listen bro if, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is uh, you know do, would you say though that so, that so there's this there's this whole sort of um, debate or, or tug of war going on of the great reset and the great awakening have you have you noticed that people have, are waking up or <laughs> not even close <laughs> no do you know what like, uh, there are a few people out there who, uh, even family and stuff, who a few years ago were, they would just believe everything they saw on the TV without questioning it. And even now they come to me and they're like, oh, that's bullshit. I'm like, oh, yeah, it is bullshit, but why do you still watch it at 10 o'clock at night then if you know it's all bullshit, you know? So I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think people are just starting to realize that, uh, you know, the these news sources and they 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 want to they want to control people you know they want to yeah. tell them what to think you know so I don't watch the news I don't read the paper obviously I don't I just, yeah, I just we, separate we, myself yeah, I just live in my own reality and that's it go training go to work that's it and and what about are you using uh, like a Twitter or something as don't a use, news feed no, or no don't don't use don't use Twitter uh, like I said don't have Facebook anymore. Uh, I just use Instagram, and yeah, I just stick to, I just I just stick to training. I don't really, to be honest with you, I don't really talk about. It. I mean, this is the first time I've even like spoken about that that thing that locked everyone up. For you. This is the first time I've really spoken about it in 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 since that time. Cause yeah. I just I just had enough of it. I was yeah. like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you, you, know, get, you just, just kind of get burned just, out. Yeah, right? just do my own thing, whatever you know. And so the so the academy now is mm. two. Are you, have you hit a two-year anniversary? Yeah, two-year anniversary. That was the beginning of the month, July. So yeah, two years. So we run adults and kids sessions, and uh, and we run them three times a week, which is another really interesting thing. Like people think that you have to have a full-time academy to make money, but if you sit down and you do the sums and the numbers, most people would actually make more money with a part-time academy. So you just like rent in the space the exactly. times when you're there. Exactly. So is it permanently matted? Or do you have no, to I just them? I just I got rollout mats and they give me a nice storage area. It takes me twenty minutes to set up, maybe an hour at the end of the day to clean them. And uh, you know, you've got to take into consideration that eighty percent of your clients are gonna train at night time. So screw the twenty percent that wanna train during the day. Mm. Focus on the eighty percent. Now, eighty percent of those clients, if you give them five days a week, you just thin everything out. So give them two or three days a week and then you have a healthy a healthy balance. Mm. Uh, two days a week, they'll make sure they're definitely there. Three days a week, maybe they can skip one to, to, to make it up if they feel they need another rest day. But I think that at first I was like, you know, I, was like, oh, I really want to do this. I really want to do this full time. But when I sat down and I calculated, I was like, 
It's like, man, I, I think I can actually make more money quicker, lower overheads, you know, um, doing this part time and then do it part part time, whatever. And then replicate that at another location and then another location and then another one. Mm. And so, so, so you got three nights a week. Three. So we've got, we got Tuesday and uh, Thursday evening and then Saturday lunchtime. Okay. And how long are those sessions? So the kids' sessions are 45 minutes. And, and then, what, like five o'clock or something? No, yeah, the kids, the kids one is uh, 5.30 till 6.15. And then we've got a junior session on Thursday, which is 6.15 till 7. And then the adult session uh, on Tuesday and Thursday, yeah, it's 7 till uh, 8.15. If we start a little bit late, it'll go a little bit over. So an hour, an hour and 15 minutes um, um, for, for, the, for, the, for the adult sessions. And I mean... Let's say an hour, an hour and fifty. So an hour and fifteen. You know, I mean, you're looking at like twenty minutes. They might be practicing the topic, and the rest of it is sparring, specific sparring, like we like we like we said already. And how did you how did you sort of advertise and build up membership at the beginning? Instagram. Just. It's just all on Instagram, and uh, you know we've got a uh, we're on Google Google search results now. Like, bro, I'm like a Neanderthal with uh, computers and stuff. So there's a um, there's a uh, a parent of one of of one of the kids who's gonna start helping me out with that with that kind of stuff, um, but yeah, it was all Instagram and word of mouth. Um, so yeah, to the point where we have like, say like fifteen to twenty adult members and like around about 30, 30 kids now. You know, pretty good. So it's just consistent. So would you, you know? would you, are you thinking then to, to add a second location at yeah. some point? Yeah, and I'll do it somewhere where there isn't any jiu-jitsu. Yeah, because it's popping up everywhere, Because right? Barnet's yeah. saturated. Um, so I won't ask you if you've got a place in mind, right? Because someone else listening to this and they're oh, like... Oh, yeah, true, true, but keep it say, on the outskirts, now. on the outskirts, that's, that's, what, that's what I would say. Yeah. You know, London's saturated. Yeah. You know, and, you know, to... I mean, yeah, just how can you justify, like, you know, going and, all right, let me open up a full-time place. All right, let's say it's 50 grand rent a year, at least. At least. At least, yeah, depending on where you are in London. Man, how much, how many members do you need to get to just break even? Yeah, a lot. Like, what, are you paying two, three, you probably need four grand people, a month? Right? You probably need two. Bro, you can people. just go and rent a space for 500 quid a month for a couple of nights a week. Build it up. Be patient, be consistent, have a part-time job on the side if you need to while you get it done. Man, you're going to be into profit quicker. Mm. You know, it's just sanity, right? But I think everyone buys into the illusion of like, no, I've got to have this like, full-time place. I mean, don't get me wrong. If someone said to me like, it's a full-time place and this is an amazing deal and here it is, I'd be like, yeah, right, sweet. Let's make it work. But then again, like, do I really want to be in a gym or gym all day long? You know? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the things, isn't it? It's like sort of the easiest way to ruin your hobby is do it for a job. Exactly. Or ruin the thing you love is yeah. to do it for work. I like turning up, getting it done, and then, and then getting out, you know? Yeah, and I think the other, the other thing, I mean, this is what I learned, the, the lesson I learned the hard way when I had those two franchises because I end up giving them both, giving, basically one got taken away because it was going so badly and the other one just selling out for very little money and just saying, like, I'm, I'm done with this shit. And that and that was an expensive lesson, but the 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 kind of the takeaway that I had from it was was two things. One, well, actually, was three things. One, don't go into business with someone else. 
because as soon as money's involved, you realize they're not the same person that they were when money is not involved. Yeah. The second one is that cash flow mm. is everything. Mm. Cash flow is everything. It doesn't matter what your potential one year, two years, five years, whatever. If you don't get to Friday, it's irrelevant, right? Cash flow is king. But the third was like having a fucking 10 year lease <laughs> that you can't get out of. Yeah, and you're like, oh, it's 250 grand to get out of the lease. That's early. hell. And it's like, luckily, they were franchises. So the franchise company were underwritten the lease. So they're like, we come in and take the shop right, over and we'll right, run it. Right. It, I still lost a ton of money, but mm. I would have been still 30 years later trying to pay it off. So, you know, <sighs> that's the difficulty with yeah. taking a unit and saying, well, I'm going to buy a 10 year lease or yeah. five year lease where there's a breakout clause, this, that, that. Like, man, you, if it works, amazing. Yeah. But man, it's distressful. Yeah. That five years or 10 years or whatever yeah. of like, we're, we're in for 500 grand there. Like, yeah. you can't walk away from it. That's crazy. It's That's very, wild. very difficult, right? Like, man, because if you look at most jiu-jitsu academies, yeah, when are the busiest classes, what we said, they're in the evenings, right? Yeah. You get a few in lunchtime, arguably, yeah? 6 a.m. classes. I mean, you're only really doing those if you have to pay bills. Mm. Yeah, because who would really want to do that? So most of the most of the day, that's an empty space. How does that make sense? I think if you're going to do that, you've got to, you've got to look, do other things. Yeah, you've got you to look to. at using that, but exactly. also using the space. So really, what you want is uh, like an osteopath, physiotherapist, personal trainers. Yeah, massage. Can you get weights equipment in there? Yeah. Can you get other martial arts in there? Yeah, exactly. And just say, you, you, here's here's what's available. Exactly. Book the room you want, you know, treatment rooms in yeah. an academy is eight foot box, yeah. another eight foot box. But now you've got to sort all that shit out it. as well. Now you're in charge of that and you've got to sort all that shit out. Yeah. It's long. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would, if if I was ever going to do it myself, which I won't, but if I, if I was, I, I think I would much prefer to do the way that you're doing it because I feel that the, the stress of doing it the other way is... For me, it's not worth the reward. What it's going to do to your mental health, your physical health, whatever, over those two, three, four, five, six, seven years while you're building mm-hmm. it, is not worth the payoff. Because you get to year eight and you fucking hate jujitsu. Yep. And you hate the gym as well. Yep. And, you, and now it's making money and you still don't want to be there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. So what else what else have I not asked you about jujitsu that we need to talk about? Mate, um Well I just I just think that most people would get more out of their training if they did less. So let's say God, over seven to ten days you did like three sessions. Say through let's just to say three sessions a week, keep it simple. Yeah. And you had goals in those sessions. Yeah. Not silly goals, like I want to hit a flying armbar. Yeah. But a goal like I want to hit a knee cut pass or on the left side with the same grips on every person. Yeah. Just that be your goal and not get carried away when it goes wrong. You're like, and you just start running past their guard and jumping past their guard. You know, just having a really, really specific goal for that session and those sessions because you can't just do it in one set. You need to, you know, you need to do it for a few sessions at least because then if you're doing it for a few sessions, by the end of, let's say, the fourth session, you're training with the same guys. They, their games are all the same. You're trying the same technique. Have you improved it 
or have or, or, or have you not improved it? Mm. But what you'll find is that you you will improve. Would you would you be telling your training partners, "Hey, I'm drilling this," or would you just be trying to hit it and they do what they do? Yeah, like say for example, like um, you know, say for example, we are doing uh, butterfly guard. Yeah, they're underneath. They've got a sweep, submit, take the back. I've got a pass to side control, mount back. Yeah, um, I do my specific pass. They might even know like what's coming, but then I chuck an extra detail in that I didn't necessarily tell them. Like I might put my knee in a slightly different place or use a slightly different grip. Um, but it, I mean, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't, it doesn't really, uh, really matter. Sometimes I, I, I tell them afterwards. Oh yeah, look, I was. I was trying to do that and sometimes I don't say anything. It's just like I was doing what I was doing and you were doing what you were doing. It didn't really make a difference, did it? You know, because sometimes it's like you might overthink it too too much. Like, you know, uh, like the guy, he might overthink in, in, in a sense of um, you don't want them to, especially, for example, if they're like blues and purples. Yeah, because even Joe Rogan has said like to get good, train eighty percent of the time with blue belts. Yeah, I fully, I fully agree with that. Yeah, because they're good enough to do something, but you can manipulate it to where you want it to be. I just want them to go, and I just—it's more important that they go with confidence than try to think what I'm doing. Because I could do anything. I could do, do what I want and still win. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the, the difficulty more than is when you are a blue belt yeah. or a new purple belt, yeah. or a four and that's why the handicap belt. comes in. That's the so tough. Come spot. here, blue belt. Get me in mount. We're doing mount training. Yeah, you do a round starting in an arm triangle. Yeah, you got you got to finish me. I mean, you might because you're starting so deep, but I've got to escape back to a knee lining guard. Sweet, you've done your round now. Let me do it on you. So I get to practice my finishing ability and my escape ability. And they've had they felt it on me. They thought, oh shit, that pressure was good. Then they take it away and they train another blue belt. So they're getting a variety of levels, but doing the same training as well. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. The yeah. same the same rounds the same. Uh, the same goals of the actual training with a variety variety of levels. So everyone wins. Like they get to train with each other and they get to feel the pressure of an advanced belt. I get to sharpen up. Like like I say, I most of my training is with blue belts or purple belt. I get so much out of that. And you think, how does that make sense? If you're a black belt, you're training with blues and purple belts. But it's like, yeah, but there's, there's constant handicaps in place. It's not just a free for all, you know? I might be, again, it's like passing half guard. My goal might like... I might have passed their half guard 10 times the, the, the previous session, but this time it's like, yeah, but I need my knee to be three inches higher. But they don't necessarily know that before. It just feels the same to them. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, last time it was below your armpit level. This time it's above your shoulder. And that's what I wanted. Goal achieved. Go home. I'm like, yes, I achieved that. You know, but I mean, what's that? It's not like they wouldn't even know. Cause it's not like a submission. It's not like you made them tap over and over and over again. It's just you put your knee in, an, in a more ideal position. That's how intricate it can get, you know? Yeah, it's a much more uh, cerebral way to approach it. And again, kind of comes back to like intention, having mm. a very clear, specific intention of not just the mechanics of what you want to do, but that I want this to be productive. Yeah. I want to come out of my 45 minutes exactly. or my one hour. Exactly. Half a percent better. Exactly. Yeah. Are you better after that session? Not just, yeah, I had a good session, mate. Are you are you better? Mm. And if you are, how are you better? Why are you better? What did you do that made you better? Yeah. Can you do it again? 
Yeah, now you actually put your knee in the right place. Next time you do it, it will happen instinctively. Yeah, it will happen automatically. Yeah, because you can't go to training and just get smashed because it's like Pavlov's dog, isn't it? Mm. You're just negatively reinforcing yourself to oh, I'm go training today and get smashed. You're not going to enjoy it, and it's just going to become about yeah, who who's the toughest, mm. you know, or how tough can you be? Mm. You want to go to training and have like a little win here, a little win there, you know. Like just yeah, it's simple very, things. It, it's, it's very rewarding when you because most of my training at the moment is I'm, I'm rolling a lot. I do like the odd little classes, but it's, it's just a lot of sparring because we spar at home. We go to a sparring class. At you guys need to come to thirty three. You come and train for free. Yeah, and just I'll, try I'll it. Come and, down and, and yeah, 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 I nice. mean, a to do some nogi yeah, yeah, and yeah. to say let me leave my purple belt at the door and come as a white belt. Yeah. You know, like well, a, I mean, no, you won't be. Belt. You won't be. Uh, yeah, um, well, let's see. White belt, but let's. <laughs> let's uh, well, to be honest, I was brown belt. I felt you know I was getting. A hard time blue belt so yeah yeah, you know, but yeah, yeah so just that, come and, that, come and that, try it that, that, will, that, will, that will be good but um but I, was, I don't even know what i was going to say about about having um putting a little bit more kind of oh yeah that's what i was going to say so the what, what where i find I, I have that process and it is incredibly rewarding and not just that but you feel like your jiu-jitsu just bumps up a level is if I do a seminar. I do a seminar where they're actually teaching something and the, the sort of walkthrough. So this sweep, if it fails, you can get this. If this fails, you go there. And then if I spend like three or four weeks because I did a seminar, I'm mm -hmm. like, let me actually try and hit this in class. Yeah. Let me actually try and get this on people, whatever. And you figure it out. And then you realise, like, suddenly, oh, I've added, like, this little thing to my yeah. whole jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Like, I've got this shin-to-shin yeah. -shin now, which I didn't really understand. But now yeah. I see, okay, I've got a sweep here, I've got a sweep there, and the mechanics are this. And then I find, oh, I'm in a completely different position, but we're shin-to-shin. -shin. And then I'm like, huh, so if I feed the sleeve under here, it's yeah. the same position, right? Yeah. And I can kick them over and I yeah. can go on top and whatever. So yeah, I mean, I do. I, I've been saying for a while. I need to. I need to actually add in a little bit more of that. Less a hey, fist bump. But yeah, exactly. Go. So you got to get a bit the, more intention. You got to get the right information. Yeah. So that's that's really important. You got to get the right information. There's two ways to get the right information. Either you spend years and years and years, you know, thinking about it for yourself, and making loads of mistakes, or someone comes along who's done it all, all the thinking for you and says, right, A, B, C. There you go. You know. Like I wasn't like it wasn't till purple belt that I actually realised like oh shit, any time I'm on my back doing guard, in any guard, there's only three attacking options I can do, a sweep, a submission, or a back take. So I can never be lost. So it makes sense that if I get one grip and overhook, I've got a sweep, a submission, or a back take. So I can be sweep left, sweep right, sweep left, sweep right, kick back, guillotine, guillotine's failing, sweep left, sweep right, sweep left, arm drag, back take. They post back into me, sweep again. So then when you get the, the move, you're not surprised because you knew it could have only been a sweep, a submission, or a back take. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. this, this again was something that, that Ed talked about because I, I, I was asking him about, um, again, like, you know, sort of learning jiu-jitsu as a beginner, as a faster way to learn and more efficient, whatever. And he said one of the, one of the concepts that he um, will teach early on is that, I, th I, I, think, that I think it was Ed who said this, is effectively jiu-jitsu you're starting from not even touching each other and i want to get on your back 
Yeah. So it's like I'm just looking for a route to the back. I may find something along the way that's great. I have submission here or whatever, yeah. something that, that allows me to just stop there and go, great, I got to this point and that's adequate. But if I'm lost, route to the back. Yeah, that, you can look at it like that. There's a whole I'm, game where, where, around where that. I, well, yeah. it must be this because yeah. this is going to take me to the back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you could be like, well, I'm a side control guy, so a route to side control or a route to mount or a route to the arm bar. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, just it's, it's so important that you literally have that plan in place and not just, like, I remember, like again, like we'll say back to Purple Belt because that's when I started to really start thinking. I remember being at a competition, lying on my back, looking up at the bleacher lights and just being like, why the fuck am I here? <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? Why am I putting myself through this shit? Didn't sleep last night. I've been shitting my guts out all day. Why am I doing this to myself? Whereas now it's like I feel so more, so, so much more chilled because like, like, well, no, I'm going to the competition. I'm going to win, but uh, it's not. It's the it's the fear of the unknown that gets you know. Oh, what's going to happen, and how am I going to win? It's like, well, I'm going to get my overhook, and I'm going to sweep submit, take it back. Mm. So there's no mm. there's no question to that. When I get on top, I'm going to get a body lock pass, force half guard. There's no question to that. So and you know, if something goes wrong, it goes wrong. I deal with it. You know. And how often are you competing? And how often do you uh, do you think everyone should compete? And how often do you think people should uh, compete? Yeah, I think uh, uh, no one has to compete, you know. But I think if you just at least did it once, that'll just give you a deeper understanding of uh, of jujitsu and and uh, you know a, a truer reflection of someone who is going one hundred percent within the confines of the rules of the sport, you know. Because in training, um, you know, the, the, the competition, they'll always fight against you harder than at training, you know. Even a guy who goes 100% in training will still... 110% is yeah, exactly, a comp, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so everyone should try it at least once, but it's not a, uh, you know, they can still progress and get their belts if they don't, because it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not for everyone, you know. I've got guys that necessarily don't want to compete. And that's fine, bro, but we need to get you to a standard where there are guys that want to compete and you need to be a blue belt on the mat for them. You know what I mean? So we need a minimum standard in place because maybe this is your competition. Maybe you have a crippling anxiety disorder and just coming to training is, uh, is, a, is a win for you and that's your competition. You've got to respect that, you know? And uh, I think I've competed four times this year already. Yeah, I've competed, yeah, I've done four, four comps this year already. So yeah, I mean, I'd like to do another another couple before the year closes out. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm at, a, I'm at a point now where like I used to stress so much about competition, and now it's just like when I feel like it, I'll do it. You know, because I've got you know. But I'm, maybe that is more about that. with with a maturity of age and be maturity of training years. I think so. You've got more experience. Yeah. And you're more, I mean, something that Ibi said to me, um, maybe the English Open last year or the one before, whatever, and we were we were supposed to fight in the same bracket. And I said to him, you know, like, how's training? And this, he's like, he goes, it's only jiu-jitsu, bro. And then I was like, Trust yeah. me. Like, what am I, Trust what am I stressing me. about? Yeah, yeah, exactly, it's exactly. It's man. It's exactly. not fucking life and death. Exactly. It's, but by interestingly, you know, I I um, I, I kind of started training jujitsu because of like really bad anxiety panic attacks because I did loads of kung fu when wow. I was younger, yeah, and I was happy happy, and then I got a bit older, and then I started having a real bad time. Found a jujitsu club, smashed my neck up, couldn't train for ten years, 
and had like real bad anxiety attacks. Like I was that person going to the doctor and the doctor's like looking at me like, you're back again. Like, yeah, I think I've got this now. They're like, you just read that, didn't you? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I had, I had like years of that. And then um, I, and I had, I think this, this is going back a little bit, but I think I had like really bad shin splints as well. So I couldn't run. I couldn't, I, was mm. like, I felt like I was fucking 100 years old. Mm. And then a friend of mine um, said to me, do you want to come play five-a-side? We're like short for someone tonight. And I was like, why not? Like I haven't done anything for ages. And I went and I found, oh, actually I've rested them enough. I can run again. And I played a bit. And then I thought, actually, I feel like I'm a little bit back to normal. I want to go and do jiu-jitsu again. And I started training again. And I and I never wanted to compete. I was like, going to class is a bit stressful, but I, that I can kind of get back into the groove and I'll be all right. But competition like, is no, no mm, chance. Mm. But I was still having like really bad anxiety attacks. So I would still be like training and out of training, like my diaphragm would just go into spasm and start <sighs> like doing this. And I was wow. like, I'm going to have a heart attack. Like, wow, I'm yeah, definitely going to have a heart attack. Wow. I went to A&E like three times. <sighs> yeah. After the second time, you know, they just I can see what they're reading on the notes. This fucking guy's back <laughs> again. <laughs> so I was like, I said, you know what? I'm going to go and do a comp. Yeah, yeah. I, I went and done the English Open. I entered yeah, like nice. three days before the yeah, cut. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Just get like, it done. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to either it. have a heart attack on <laughs> yeah, the mat yeah, trust right me. on Sunday or I'm not. Yeah. And if I don't, that's the end of it. Yeah. Like this is the like the line in the sand. You can die on Sunday. Yeah. If you don't die, you're fine. Yeah. And after that, it just started getting better. I, I've... Uh, I've had those as well. Yeah, I didn't tell, I like, I didn't tell a lot. It, this is I didn't enough. tell a lot of people enough about them, but uh, I burnt myself out so badly from all the training I've done. I suffered for a couple of years. I was going to open mats. I'd be in the middle of the mat. I'd be training with someone, yeah, and I'd be there, and I'm like, I'm about to fucking die in the mat here, and they call an ambulance, and my family going to be at my funeral and crying and shit. My heart rate's at nearly 200, and I'm probably going to die on the mat here. So I'm fighting against someone and that at the same time. Uh, uh, when I started resting a little bit more and, and just taking care of myself a little bit better, that just that just that right? just disappeared. You know, how did you? How did it like disappear for you? Well, I didn't die. <laughs> I didn't like. I, I, <laughs> I, I said to myself, yeah. like in my head, like yeah. this enough is enough. Yeah. Like this is affecting everything in my yeah, life. Yeah. Work is a fucking nightmare. Relationships is a fucking nightmare. Everything. I don't. Friends are saying to me, "Do you want to come out and eat?" I'm like, "No, I, don't, I can't deal with it tonight." Yeah, I need yeah. to Just lie down and no one talk to me till yeah. tomorrow at work so I can get through a day's work. And uh, I was like, it's, something's got to give, right? I'm either going to end up getting sectioned or getting put on meds or something, or I'm not. And I'm like, well, let's fucking nut up or shut yeah, up, yeah, right? Yeah, let's, exactly, let's, so, exactly. you know, that, that that's that's in a way, that's kind of my, my advice to people is like even if it's like mega stressful yeah if you can get through it yeah you'll feel much better afterwards and win you, lose or draw and you, so you went to the competition after that you were just like oh well, shit it, i'm it, fine it got better yeah let's say yeah, yeah, it yeah. took a year or two years yeah. to gradually 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 yeah, improve and yeah. when i when i started doing the breathing in the morning again i had oh, another yeah. definite wow. improvement okay, nice in being calmer and not stressing and all of that. And funnily enough, starting the podcast as well. Oh, really? Yeah, because, you know, I was having a lot of like social anxiety stuff. You know, don't want to be with a lot of people. It's too noisy. 
I can't remember this person. This person is my friend, but I can't remember the wife's name and it's going to be really embarrassing. And Since I started doing the podcast and just like literally just to whoever wants to listen, telling all my problems and about jiu-jitsu and whatever, yeah. I've had another huge improvement in kind of not giving a fuck. Yeah, good. In just being like, whatever, man. I mean, yeah. it's just... It's overthinking, isn't it, yeah, really? Yeah, everyone's just, just going through their own... Right journey and you're going through yours nothing yeah. special just fucking get on with it don't yeah don't worry about things too much that's it man yeah and i think yeah. i think you know that is that is hopefully one of the lessons of jujitsu is like you know you can go there and you can really test yourself yeah and then it's five minutes and it's finished that's it and it's you know and it goes quickly hand and goes quickly as well man yeah. that's a, Come like back a, five, a five day. minute match really does you feel like you're just getting going. It's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For comp, for yeah. that, that was actually the time, thing that complete that time distortion. Is crazy. It's right? Weird, isn't it? It's yeah. crazy. The two, the two things that that actually the three things that because I had one fight. Yeah. The the three things that were so sort of such a stark realization. One was like, fuck, we started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like normally at class, there you get go. changed, have yeah. a chat bit of technique yeah. first roll no one's paying attention yeah. blah, 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 blah. this was like shake hands shake with hands. the referee shake hands with matey and then he <laughs> fucking jumped on me and i was like fuck we started yeah we're in it now so right. so that that was that was really crazy the second was the time distortion time distortion that you yeah. can't it's it's long but so it's short and it's going and for ages but then it back, finishes three minutes what with the minute and a half go you're just clinging on <laughs> was mad and the, and the third was how tired i was after yeah. one fight because you're probably not you're not breathing man so you got the adrenaline i couldn't even get off the mat but you're not breathing so you're just that pure oxygen deficit i couldn't get off the mat you know, the, guy, acid, the referee was forearms to get us Nicky. to stand up yeah yeah like, yeah. I was like, if I stand up, I'm going to faint. I yeah. mean, give me 30 seconds. Yeah. I can't get off the floor. Yeah. One, and, I were, and I'd been training, you know, an hour sparring at Mill Hill. E yeah, exactly. Hard, hard, hard sparring. Exactly. And I was, Five minutes. I was getting battered. Exactly. One round. And this is what I say to people. I was like, so if you go to a competition, yeah, and it's five minutes long, let's say even 10 minutes long, whatever, but it's one match, yeah? Why are you training for two hours? Because that ain't going to help you. Yeah. It'd be better off if you trained for maybe slightly more intensely for 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah, and did what you need to do. Because there's definitely a diminished, there's bell curve, diminished returns. You get, to, I find, 45 minutes to an hour. Depends on if it's more intense, half an hour to 45 minutes. Yeah. If it's less intense training, 45 minutes to an hour, and then it just drops. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm very much a believer in training specific energy systems in terms of like if you if you're training potentially to compete but you you do five minute rounds mm -hmm. your stuff needs to be geared towards five minutes of go right yeah. there's no point like you say in in doing five mile run ten mile run no, twice a week there's no point it's an hour and 20 minutes for what there's no point it's completely irrelevant no to what you're all. doing you know exactly. you, what you need is like so my my cardio if i call it cardio that i do next to where i am you know bulwer road the one I where do. there's an MOT garage. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know halfway between the fire station and and the train bridge. Yes. The you know yeah. the the road that you can't enter that hill. Yes. I go there. I walk down. I sprint up. Yeah, exactly. I walk down, well, for I about five up. minutes. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, maybe even less. I do like three or four rounds. Yeah. So it's a 30-second run and yeah. a minute and a half walk. Right, exactly. So I do yeah. 10, 12 minutes worth. Exactly. It's, it's, it translates really well, really to, well. To, to training, to sparring. Mate, I'm, I'm going to chuck it in again soon. I was doing it a while back, but with everything else, all the other training, I was like, look, I can hit that. I can hit that in the sparring. But uh, air bike or the, um, what's it called? The uh, assault bike. Assault bike. Mate, I was doing 12-second sprint. And I mean 12, like a sprint, 12 yeah, yeah. seconds, yeah. And even the last two seconds of that, you're dying. <laughs> so it's a 10 second sprint. And then 48 seconds, just like, <gasps> just Go. just chill. Yeah. Mate, after six to eight of those, I'm on the floor. Yeah. And so, so yeah, literally six to eight minutes. And that, that intensity was the only thing that I found uh, to mimic the feeling of the burning lungs in a jiu-jitsu match yeah. which without is, which is how your conditioning smashing into be, someone right? at training yeah exactly you know because to go hard with someone at training like oh let's go for like five minutes eight minutes mate you might dislocate your kneecap yes. you might, you might yes. really injure yes. yourself yeah here. exactly so to, to take that element away from it with the physicality and put yourself on an inanimate object and just and, and do that yeah it's very safe yeah you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I think that's that. It makes a lot of sense just to gear what you're doing around. And 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 interestingly, if you if you go back, because because I, I was I was interested to to wonder why, and I think that's the answer to that question. You had settled on ten to twelve reps. Maybe it's consciously or unconsciously. But if you're doing twelve reps at a total cadence of five seconds per rep say three up two down yeah whatever. yeah yeah it might even yeah it might even be it might even be one and two you know what i mean it's just like it's just but you're kind con- you're talking about two like a and minute, then two or three down minute 10 something like something that like that time under tension yeah, yeah exactly so yeah. you know if you were talking about doing six to eight reps or four to six yeah. or something it's kind yeah. of not enough to simulate really grabbing someone it, it, put wrestling it, with someone it doesn't uh first of all it's more dangerous because you're 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 heavier weight for so we could we could say that six to eight reps to failure would possibly achieve the same result as ten to twelve reps to failure, yeah. But you're going to have to use a heavier weight because you're going to failure. So injury risk and shearing forces will go up. So you know eight to ten to twelve reps depend again depending on muscle group, you know because I might need to go slightly higher on my calves because they're non-existent. And, uh, and 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 side delts, you know, slightly higher, twelve to fifteen, let's say, um, to actually to actually feel that. But the yeah. bulk of the exercises is, is is eight to twelve, so the weight is heavy enough uh, to stimulate response, but um, not not so heavy that you're 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 risking injury. Plus, it's under control, so you're not jerking the movement at all, which will, you know, put untold stress on the uh, on the connective tissues um but also you know it does probably thinking about it translate better you know mechanically to jujitsu because you if you're trying to get that knee cut pass or you're trying to get that body lock pass away you might be there for 30 40 seconds trying to get through and get through and actually you're you're again you're building that energy system with each one of those heavy, hard sets that you're doing is a minute. It's not exactly. 25 seconds. Or Someone's trying to straighten your arm. Yeah, they break the grip on the armbar. One, two, three. You, you, yeah. You've got a few seconds now. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just... It's interesting. You know. So you're not... It's, it's not just like 
So bicep curl, for example. Yeah, the resistance is in the middle of the movement, right? There's, there's nothing here and there's nothing here. It's all in the middle. So that's where the, the, the time under tension, I mean, you can debate how long that, there's guys out there that like 10 seconds. I think so that's too long, you know? That, that's actually something that I meant to ask you that I, that I forgot. If you're, when, when you're doing, it doesn't apply to everything, but if you're, if you're pushing, so bench presses, shoulder presses, the squatting movements, these sorts of things, do you lock out? Or are you trying to keep constant yeah, tension? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't lock out. I want, I want, I want constant tension. But I mean, the, let's say for example, on, on, a, on a dumbbell chest press, on the last couple of reps, you might just need a, and then, yes. but, but you're not hanging out there yes, for seconds yes, at a yes. time. Um, but, you're, but, but you the, want tension. The meat of the set is just exactly, move, move, exactly, move, move, move. exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah, you really want to fatigue the muscle. Yeah, and because the whole point of it is like. I don't want to be in this gym for two hours. Yeah. I need to be in here for half an hour. So I need to make this exercise as hard as possible. Yeah, yeah. You know, doing the least amount of reps safely as possible with, you know, the least amount of time under tension. Because literally there were guys that are like doing super slow, like 10 seconds up, 10 seconds down. And then there's guys that are doing bang, bang. Like, so, so it seems to me that going to failure is the most important point. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of the cadence. Yeah. But how can we do that in the safest and most time efficient way? To me, it seems like a couple of seconds up, a couple of seconds, maybe three seconds down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, four and four, five and five just felt really slow, really unnatural to me. Um, I know there's a, a, a guy out there, uh, Jay Vincent online. He he's a big advocate of like four to five seconds and breathe. So you're doing a, 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 a dumbbell press, for example, again, and it's just like breathe like you're out for a run. It just feels so unnatural to me mm. to do that. You know, mm. I, I it just feels really good for me to synchronize the breath yeah. to the to the actual movement. Yeah. So not to the point where it's explosive, like you know, because again. You've just taken all, all tension yes. away, right? That, that's that's how I that's how I think of it. But yeah. at least at least a couple of seconds, like one, two, squeeze, and that's a, that's one rep. Yeah, does that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So so I'll I'll put on my Instagram. I don't know whether you've got one or I can I can knock something up. But I'll put something on my Instagram when when we release this episode. Just like what that ten to twelve day thing looks like in terms of the yeah, training, yeah, in terms nice, of the weights, nice. all that stuff. So any of you guys who are listening, if you want like just a visual representation yeah. of what we've been talking about, yeah. have a look on my Instagram and it'll be up there. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I will have already shoved it up on the on the YouTube so that you can uh, so that you can see it. So um just 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 rounding it out a little bit the the academy is 33 jiu jitsu yeah that's 33 33 mainly you're on instagram with that yeah we're on instagram with that at 33 so it's literally the number 33 and then jiu jitsu so i'll put a link to that in around the, the corner from hornsey train station yeah i'll, I'll link Walking to the, distance, to the instagram lane. everything in the address in the, in yeah, the nice, show notes nice. so if you guys want to check it out and I'll, I'll definitely come down and uh, yeah, do, nice, do a bit of no gear. And nice, see, nice, nice. And when you come and tell me, and I'll tell you what the topic's going to be, because yeah, we cool. stick to the same topic for like three or four weeks. So at least then you'll come in and have a broad yeah. understanding yeah, yeah. of I'll like, bring, right, cool, this is what my, to expect. I train home with my wife, so I'll bring yeah. her as well. We'll I've got in. one woman who trains there, so she'll be so happy to have another woman that, okay, cool. that, yeah, that we'll, will come and train as well. Yeah, you know? we'll, try and, we'll try and do... We Normally we can probably make a 
Tuesday, Anna. Did you say Tuesdays and Tuesday Thursdays? Tuesday and Thursday, yeah. Yeah, because we, we, we normally train Mondays, yeah. Wednesdays, Fridays. Yeah. But we can, we can yeah, do, brilliant, man. probably try and do a, a Tuesday, Thursday. Nice. So I've got, I've got two more questions yeah. to ask you. Yeah. You say yeah, but you haven't heard of them. Oh, yet. no. So number one yeah. is if you were trapped yeah. in a TV show yeah. for a month, yeah. what would you choose? Oh, God. I haven't watched TV for so long. If I was trapped in a TV show for a month, what would I choose? It can't oh. be like a you know a reality one. It'll be like a you know Night Rider or whatever. Oh man! If I was trapped in there for a month, what any TV show, any series, anything? Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever you like. I'm just gonna say first, Shogun. You know that that that. Uh, what, that, that old that David Japanese Caradine, that old samurai thing yeah. from the 80s, yeah? Yeah. I'll go and be... Awesome. Okay. I'll go and be a samurai for a, for a month. For a month. Yeah. And uh, and then my last question is... Yeah. Um, you can have 10 million pounds... Yeah. ...right now. Yeah. But you're being chased by a snail. But I'm being chased by a snail. If the snail touches you... Yeah. ...you die a horrible death. Yeah. The snail cannot be stopped. It can't be stopped. Cannot be trapped. Can't be trapped. Cannot be killed. Yeah. It knows where you are at all times. Yeah. And it has only one purpose. To, to, to kill find me. You. To find me, yeah. And it touches me, I die. Yeah, would you take the money? And like, do I know how far it is away from me at any point? Well, not specifically, but I mean, so you, I could you be know asleep it, how fast it moves. I mean, you but, could calculate, you know, if, as long as I'm... But like, oh, like it's in Highgate, right? No, you right. don't have, don't a, you don't have a scanner. So I've, got, I've, I've, I've just got to be, so I've just got to be like aware at all times. No, I won't take the money. I like relaxing, man. I like being at peace. I can't, can't live like that, man. Beautiful. That's, yeah. I, I, that's my answer. I can't be thinking there's a snail, gonna, some creature going to come out and get me in the night. No, 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 I can't do it, man. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so Shogun for a month and uh, no... No yeah. snail, no. Yeah, I was not expecting those questions. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said. You say yes, but you've got to hear the questions. Answer them, answer them, though. So yeah. thank you very much for coming. Hey, it was thank a brilliant you, man. conversation. Oh, that was, that was great, man. I, I mean, I hope I, uh, I'll probably go away and be like, oh, why didn't I say that? Oh, but, we can do another hey, one. I mean, I'd love yeah. to, to get you back in and yeah, I talk think, I think I basically more, said, more or less said, uh, said everything. I just, you know, if people are in doubt, all I'll say to people is if you're in doubt about what I've said regarding jiu jitsu there, just try it. You've got nothing to lose, if you're, especially if you're not happy with your training. If you're not happy with the training, let's put the weights aside. Yeah, if you want to, you know, listen to that, there's all the information available online. But in terms of jiu-jitsu, just lower it to three times a week if you're doing more than that. Maybe you're training uh, twice a week currently and you're not happy with that. Start approaching the session uh, sessions with, with goals, specific goals. Not, I want to tap everyone out today. That's not, you know... I've got this one pass, I like it, I want to start, I want to be able to get this one pass on this one direction on everyone and just, and then take it from there and then you'd be surprised, you'd be surprised and you will make consistent gains throughout the year like that. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. There's, 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 a, there's nothing else really that, that ends the podcast better than that, I think. So I hope people get something from it, I really do. Yeah, so thank you for listening, guys. Um, I know everyone's time is is precious. So if you stayed with us for two hours and whatever it is, fifteen wow. minutes, wow! Um, thank you for listening. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure you guys did. Uh, I get I get feedback on the on my jujitsu ones, and I know people they like to 
to get some little nuggets of information. So this one, yeah, there's lots of lots of good stuff in there. So um, reach out to Jack on Instagram uh, at 33jujitsu. Uh, yeah. Link will be in the show notes. Don't forget to follow the podcast at White Basement Pod on Instagram. Uh, new episode put out every Tuesday, 5 a.m. So if you're uh, one of those uh, Goggins, you know, early riser, look at your uh, Jocko Willink, look at your watch every morning. Yeah, not Jack. Jack's up at nine o'clock having yeah, a man. frappuccino, having a coffee, man. But um, yeah, if you're if you're up early, five o'clock on a, on a Tuesday morning, you can listen to them everywhere. So YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoy these episodes, please share them with other people. Uh, it helps us to uh, increase our reach and uh, increase the jujitsu goodness out into the world. If more people listen. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Keep you in the